welcome everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, we're here Saturday evening. First round of the NHL playoffs are in full swing, Grump. And, uh... Wow, some interesting and fun hockey games that we're watching. A lot of talented teams out there. Some teams don't play much defense at all. Some teams, you know, have this uh, offense-first mentality, and it's compromising their, I think, ability to win a cup. So, but if you're new to the show, welcome. We go live every single Wednesday and Saturday and cover all things New York Islanders on this show. We go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action, it's important, it's pertinent, I promise you it is. It helps the algorithm. You've got to, number one, like the video and subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. That's, number one, how you let us know you like what we do. And, number two, it also helps the algorithm and gets the item out to more individuals. So, hey, maybe we can have more discourse and items of that nature. But, Grumpy, man, oh, man, some some early games today. Uh the Florida Panthers got steamrolled by the Washington Capitals. What six to one, five to one, whatever the end score was. I don't remember. I turned it off after four to one. To be honest with you, as soon as Ovechkin scored, I think there were seven minutes to go in the third period or whatever it was. I'm like, oh, that's it, and I turned it off. So I don't know what it ended up as, but is what it is. A little scary injury today for Darcy Kemper, though. That has a chance to seriously impact. What? What? what it's something him in the face. Am I right? I didn't have a chance to see it, but I read about it. Ryan Johansson's stick got in between the eye thing and hit him in the eye. Um, they say he's going to be fine. He's got some swelling in that area, but he's going to be fine, which is good news. Um, don't know if he'll. I'm going to assume he probably will not play on Monday night in Game Four, uh, and then they'll have plenty of time off after that yeah it looks like in all likelihood they are going to sweep they're going to go ahead and sweep um the the national predators yeah they're looking really strong right now Mm. absolutely absolutely that's that's the only series that uh hasn't gone 2-1 through three games that's what I said. There was yeah. I, this has been a year where there haven't been many sweeps or you know a potential for a sweep. That looks like the one series that there is an opportunity and chance. But now with Darcy Kemper out, who knows how that's going to impact the Colorado Avalanche? I know they scored with the best of them, but you know goaltending was always the question mark entering in, even with Kemper in that. And now you've got that injury that could be that could be severe. And Francois looked a little shaky today, a little shaky. Mm. Yes, absolutely, Grump. Um, anyway, so talking New York Islanders, Grump, um, not much has happened since last week. The Bridgeport Islanders, I know we talked about, were advancing to the next round of the playoffs. Did you see the schedule that came out, Grump? I did. Um, we have uh, the first game, of course. The first two games are going to be Bridgeport. The remaining three down in Charlotte. Uh, the 14th, and those are the only ones I care about because those are the ones I can go to. 14th, 16th, and 18th of May. So, hmm. 14th, 16th, and 18th of May. Rumpy, so I assume you're going to those games, right? Uh, I might not be able to go to the game on the 18th if it goes that far, um, but I should be able to go to the 14th and the 16th. 
You're going to have to give us your scouting report on Atu Ratu, Grum. For those who don't have AHL TV, they haven't been able to watch any of the AHL playoffs. And now that he's no longer playing in Europe, you know, that's definitely our, I would argue, our most highly regarded prospect at this time period. So, uh, you know, people are watching every single stride of that young man. I will be too. I mean, it'll be interesting. I'll get a seat that's a, I mean, you know, it's an AHL game. So, uh, you know, I'll get a seat that's maybe a little bit higher up. I mean, they're all good seats. I've been to that arena before, um, but you can see more of the. You don't want to be right on top of the ice. You can't get a feel for how anyone really plays. So I'm going to be a little bit higher up so I can get a, a nice overall view. Like what do they call it? The all 22 view in football. That's what I want to do. Well, one thing to mention too. I don't know if you saw originally the Penguins went into the end of the first period up four to one over the Rangers. Well, the Rangers have. Answered back quickly, scored two goals here in the second period to make this a four to three game with 10 minutes, a little over 10 minutes remaining in the second. So Sturkin got taken out after the first period after giving up four goals. Uh, they came, Rangers came out with a lot of energy. But what are you seeing from Pittsburgh? The same thing we saw last year, right? Goaltending is going to be a problem with them. And we're seeing it again today. Well, you've got Domingue, who's in net. So it, it definitely doesn't help, right? No Casey to Smith, no Tristan Yari, who again is no great shakes either. They're down to their third string goalie, and it's showing Georgiev. I don't think has faced a shot in this second period. So you talk about you know how they batten down the hatches if you, for the first ten minutes of play, right? The Rangers haven't allowed or conceded a shot on goal since. That's good. Yep, uh, Pittsburgh is a veteran team, though. My gosh, you ever get an itchy nose? I mean, I got an itch on my nose, and I just can't scratch it. Um, no, I don't. Oh, you never got that ever your whole life? No. Okay. Well, I have one now. Just letting you know. Um, yes. For those watching, say, what the hell is he doing picking his nose? No, I have a really bad itch. Um, long story short, uh, Pittsburgh's a veteran team. You think they might be able to settle down here a little bit. They have to do something to stem the tide, right? Um, but give credit to the Rangers. They could have mailed it in down 4-1 after 1. But they came out with a whole lot of energy. And Gallant went crazy in the first period where, you know, and that's something he tends to do sometimes. You wonder how that affects a team also. But it seems like they've, the Rangers have uh, steadied the ship and now they're just down by one. Well, here's the thing too, right? With a younger team, you can you can you can go crazy. The vets, I mean, it's the playoffs though. Too think about it, you're going to have a lot more emotions on high. Um, one thing that definitely shocked me over the last few days before we get all into Islander news: Toronto Maple Leafs win uh, on the road against the Tampa Bay Lightning at Amelie State at Amelie Arena, and they have a two to one lead against against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the series. The officials. And the penalties they've called have absolutely uh, hurt Tampa Bay and benefited Toronto. I'm not saying Toronto's not playing well because they are, but they've had an awful lot of power play chances. And their power play is excellent. Mm. I almost say, oh, my gosh, is Toronto going to beat Tampa? Well, that's why I'm not a, a prognosticator, to be honest with you, because I, my Stanley Cup champion would already be eliminated in the first round. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you picked them out to win the Cup, but it's early yet. I mean, it's only game th only three games into the series, and I have seen Toronto in the past decade and a half find some amazing ways to choke away what seems to be a surefire victory of a series. So, 
Yeah, I've seen it happen. Uh, you know, th- there's a few that have gone kind of according to plan, right? You look at it, Colorado's steamrolling the Predators. We kind of expected that. The Minnesota Wild, after getting beaten pretty badly the first game of the series, right now they're up 2-1 to one over the Blues. That's when we expect to go six or seven games. It's back and forth. Uh, the Hurricanes lost to the Boston Bruins. I know it's the Bruins' first game at home, but showing there's still life in an old, bo- older Boston Bruins team. Not ready to lay down so easily, Carolina Hurricanes. Well, they put together, they put the first line back together, which is uh, the perfection line of Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand. And they played extremely well last night. But again, you're looking at a team playing their third string goalie. And, you know, as well as Carolina has played, uh, you know, when you got a third string goalie in there, they're third string for a reason, right? I mean, if he was that great, he'd be a starter or at least a backup. They're third string guys. That really hurts a team. And that can change the whole tenor of a series, honestly. They need to get somebody back soon. It's early yet in that series, right? It's only three games. And they got a 2 1 lead. They're in the driver's seat. It was in a way loss, not the end of the world. The, it would be, they would benefit. And the, the, think about how many teams are down to their third string goalie right now or down to their second string goalies. Some of these goalies, you know, were carrying over injuries from the regular season. Some have been injured in the playoffs. But man, oh man, I, I can't remember an offseason or I can't remember a postseason like this where we've had so many starting goaltenders either who have been injured in the regular season or injured in the postseason that are missing extended games. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, it's just been crazy. This has been a crazy goalie year. It really has. With, uh, like I said, I've never seen two third string goalies playing regular shifts, regular games in the playoffs. I've just, I don't think I've ever seen that, honestly. Well, it's early yet, so, you know, and I think a few guys are in situations to where they'll be back hopefully sometime soon, but covering the rest of the series here, um, earlier on today, the Washington Capitals beat the living shit out of the, the Florida Panthers. I know we talked about it briefly, but that's a series now where Florida's down two to one. Um, we had all written, I would say, Washington off. Uh, based off of their play the last five games of the regular season. I remember when we had played the Florida Panthers, you and I had commented in the listeners of the stream, we kind of understood the Panthers are winning games right now and they're on this 11 or 12 game points or winning streak, whatever it got to. They didn't look very impressive, though. And that was something we had talked about. I know they're scraping by to win a few games, but they don't look impressive in their wins right now. And and they're in a situation where... They're they're looking at you know they could possibly be going back home down three to one in the series if they lose next next game against the Washington Capitals. So if you're a Florida Panthers fan, you've got to be worrying right now. I, I'm kind of sweating if I'm a Panthers fan. And to me, the biggest difference is the play of Washington. They're playing uh, much more physical style. They're fully committed. Which when we saw them play the Islanders the last week of the season, they looked disinterested. Honestly, I know Vetchkin wasn't playing. But it seemed like maybe now I'm looking at it and going, well, you know what? They were just coasting through the end of the uh, the end of the regular season, so they'd be fully healthy come playoff time and ready to go. And that's what it kind of looks like to me. I was I'm actually been surprised with their level of play, particularly defensively, in the first uh, two of the first three games. Um, yes, I, I thought they've looked good and and. The biggest issue in question mark has always been goaltending, goaltending, goaltending for the Washington Capitals. I was going to comment on that. Samsonov looked really good today. 
He did. And and that's did. and I know ESPN, oh, it's almost unbearable listening to ESPN every once in a while, but they were drooling all over him. I'm like, God almighty, come on. But this this is how, right? You string together a successful postseason, you string together a run. You've got a lot of pieces and you find a hot goalie, and your goalie gets hot at the right time. Sam Sonoff's hot at the right time. That's a Washington team that can deal some damage. The biggest issue for them is always goaltending. If you've got a hot goalie and a goaltender who's playing, you know, like a top 10, top five guy in the league, that makes you a really dangerous team because you've got the offense and the defensive pieces. I still don't feel that Washington's good enough to compete for a cup, um, but maybe they can spring a surprise on Florida in the first round. You never know. I'd say right with with Carolina, they've got goaltending issues. I think you know Boston's far from a perfect team. There's a lot of these. Are, there's a lot of these teams to where I expect major changes this offseason, depending on what the what the postseason brings for them. Because if you're Carolina, and let's say you you somehow right, you're down two goalies and you get bounced in the first round. Are you just going to chalk it up and say, "Oh man, we've had two first round exits in back to back years. Don't worry about it." I assume right there in a spot to where they need to make some sort of changes to bring and yield more postseason success. And, you know, and you look at the Florida Panthers, right? They lost in the second round last year, I think, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if they get bounced as, you know, the, the best team in the East this year, I, I, I feel like they're going to be looking to make a few a few changes as well, add a few more grit and a few more heart guys, perhaps. More defense. Okay, both, both of those teams have built-in excuses uh, for Carolina. You're playing your third string goalie. It's huge, absolutely huge when you're playing a kid who's played what five games in the NHL. I don't think Carolina's going to lose a series. I'm just talking about depending on how things go, right? I think that could drastically change the outlook. I understand, right? You're playing your third string netminder, but this would be the second year in a row. I think you have a first round exit. You just keep on chalking those up. Oh, that was this. That was. I mean, the excuses. I understand, right? They're the better team, head over heels. You know what I mean? I'd say their forward group is a more cohesive forward group as well as their defenseman too. Okay, so they're up two to one, and they're pretty much in the driver's seat. But if they lose, I don't think I don't think they make changes. I think, like I said, they're built in excuses. We lost Freddie Anderson, and we lost Anti Ranta. I mean, you lose your top two goalies, I'm sorry, that is a legitimate excuse. And it's not like, you know, they lost them in the middle of a game. So it's a little bit different. They didn't have time to prepare. That's a legit excuse. Florida has an excuse, right? Their excuse is, well, you know what? We lost our coach at the beginning of the year. This oh, guy was in over his head. Stop. I just don't That's see not, that is a bull. That would be a bullshit. Excuse. He, it's not like this is a coach who's been a coach for 10 games. This guy has coached this team for over 70 plus games this year. I'm just saying that they have a built in excuse. I don't buy That's that. All at all. No freaking way do I buy that, Grump. You had so, 70 games to find yourself a permanent coach if you wanted to. You put the interim coach in charge for the rest of the year. That's what they chose to do. And here's the thing they've been extremely successful in the regular season. That excuse doesn't ride for me. Okay. So you're thinking so you're thinking if either one of these teams flame out in the first round and I really dismiss Carolina. Um I mean you're saying yeah Carolina two first round exits in a row. They lost to Tampa uh and gave Tampa a run for their money last year in the first round. They okay. lost in five games, right? Yeah, they lost I think it was six games. Five or six. Doesn't matter. They lost to Tampa, the Stanley Cup champion. That's a write off. Ta- Carolina is good. Third string goalie, that's a tough, that's a tough one to overcome, really is. 
and they were all at the end of the year. Um, so I dismissed them. Florida, I mean, I don't know what type of changes you think they should make, but they won President's Trophy. I still think they need some defensive help, but that's what they needed going into the deadline as well. They need to change the style up a bit. Oh, they I need don't to change think up so. the men- They need to change the mentality up a bit, right? We put them on. They're on the scale, and this is the thing with Colorado too, right? I think Colorado's added enough pieces on the back end where it's been successful. But would you really say that Florida is, you know, in a situation where they couldn't afford to take a little bit more of a defensive-minded approach? They score goals in droves. I'm not saying, hey, you know, subscribe to the Barry Trots, but the Barry Trot style of hockey. But it's good to have balance. It's the same thing I've always said about the Islanders. I like the defensive first system, right? I feel like that's more conducive to playoff success. But you have to have balance. You got to be able to score. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't go ahead and just, you know, completely askew any type of offensive, you know, offensive opportunities and offensive creativity because you're so stricted and you're so strictly and regimented into the defensive system. It's the same thing for the offense, right? Have a little bit more structure possibly for for the Florida Panthers. And that's a team that could add a few defensemen. It's not like goaltending's the issue for Florida. It's not like forwards are the issue for Florida, you know? I didn't think Bobrovsky was particularly good today. Um, I you mean, have you've got Brabowski or Spencer Knight. Spencer okay. Knight had an up and down year this year. He's twenty years old as a netminder. The goaltending is solved for them. They don't need to go out and get a goalie. Okay, but if your goaltender is not really solid in the playoffs, chances are you're going to lose. Bobrovsky has not looked good in two of the three games of the series. That would be uh, like saying when the Islanders had a uh, Sorokin who could step in, like, well, yeah, goaltending maybe is an issue of need if we weren't able to solve it. Their goaltending is not an issue for Florida. Okay, but like I said, Bobrovsky's not played well in two of the games, the two games they lost this se- this series. And I'm not saying that you know you can get rid of him. You can't, not with that contract that he has, not at this point anyway. But uh, to me, I think they need another defenseman. I agree with you. But I don't think you're going to see radical changes from either one of those teams, regardless of what happens. Okay. I think that if you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs after having a fantastic regular season, the taking the approach of let's just roll it again without making too many changes is just not the right way to do so. I mean, you've got to. They're a young team, though. They're a young team. They're both really young teams. You know, got a lot of players in their prime. Who does? Florida has a lot of players in their prime. Okay, but they're young players. What they 26? I mean, you don't dump on guys, you don't dump guys like that. What are you gonna get rid of? Uber dump? Barkov? No way. Uh, those, those guys are in their prime grump. They're not 26. Okay. They're not. I mean how old is Barkov? He's 27 years old. Okay, 27. All right, I said 26, 27 is what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. Guys- he's tw- he's 26. My mistake. He's 26. Okay. I mean, you know, what's Huberto 27? I mean, I don't know how old he is. They're young guys. They're a young team. I'm These just saying are, a lot of guys in your prime. Huberto's 20. He's. He was either drafted the year he's before. 28. He's 28. He'll be okay. 29 by the end of the playoffs. Okay. But he's, he's 28 years old for all intents and purposes. Okay. And he's been really good this year. Best year of his career. You just don't. Like I said, they're not a team where oh, those guys are in their 30s. And it's the last. You, just, kick you have a lot of guys that are in their prime. So I, I, you know, it's not like I can use these. This is a team of young, you know, 22, 23, 24 year olds. These guys are entering their prime and in the prime of their career. They don't, don't have a legit coach. prime of their career. 
To me. So you think you think that the head coach has been he's inhibited them because with a real coach, if they didn't have Andrew Burnett as their coach, they would be pulling off win after win after win. The guy was 51, 18 and six as a head coach this year. I don't care. I don't think he, he I don't think. First of all, this is his first year as a head coach, period. First year in the playoffs. He doesn't know what it's about. He's learning on the fly and he looks lost at times out there. I'm just saying, I don't think, and I don't, I don't think he's a full-time coach. He's still interim, isn't he? I don't know if they've, if they've uh, signed him on full-term going forward. I don't think he's that good a coach. I just don't. Not yet. He might turn out to be. I don't think he was an assistant for a reason. I mean, he just now uh, is up with the big team coach. He's been an assistant. I don't know how many years, but this is his first head job. I mean, and he got it under, you know, kind of quirky circumstances not like somebody said i want andrew burnett that's not what it was the quinville situation was what got him elevated yeah he's just the interim head coach he, he was an assistant coach in minnesota before then so you know i'm not all i'm saying is it's not like the guy struggled as as a head coach you just are so easy to chalk that up to oh yeah it's andrew burnett this is his first coaching gig he's the issue why they failed i don't know i i I'm saying I don't think there's any issue trying to say maybe it's not just as easy as pointing at the coach who went 51, 18, and six in the playoffs. I don't think it's that easy. Okay. I'm going to tell you if something happens where they lose and they determine they have to make changes, Brunette's going to be the guy who goes. It's not going to be the guys who are in their 20s just entering their prime or in their prime. They are not going to get moved after one playoff defeat. That's just not going to happen. Well, it's two, but anyway, now you don't think that oh, they lost to Tampa last year. That's right. You don't think that having more grit on that team wouldn't be beneficial? Okay, that's not blowing up a team, you though. You're talking about adding alterate. I said they're gonna have to make radical changes, well, right? When you would hold on, when you okay, when the now Islanders, you're see that's stop, you, stop, you're seeing radical changs. What are you talking when about? The Islanders when the Islanders traded for Butch Goring. And that and that trade, it was looked at as a big loss for the Islanders, right? I consider that a radical change, right? They're changing up these pieces that were very big producers for them and saying we're no. going a little bit of a different direction. No, Billy Harris at that at that point in time was not a big producer. Dave Lewis was a, a bottom pairing defenseman. No, it's a different, and that wasn't a radical change. It was one guy brought in a trade deadline. You traded two guys a bit on the team since the beginning. But you know, you brought in Butch Goring, who solidified your second uh, your second line center. I mean, that's what that did. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying they're not going to make radical changes. They had, they were the president's trophy winners. You think they're going to make radical changes? It's the, it's the best year this franchise ever had. President's trophy winner and gets bounced in the first round. It happens. It happened to Tampa the year before they wound oh, up winning their first Stanley Cup, right? So this this Florida Panthers team is Tampa, huh? All I'm saying is you're not going to see them make radical changes. Might they bring in another defenseman? Yeah. Might they add a third-line uh, physical player? Yeah. That's about the extent of what they're going to do. They, they, I mean, they're a fantastic offensive team. Yeah, they're a little running gun, which we talked about, and maybe they scale back a little bit defensively. But you're not going to see radical changes from Florida or so from if, Carolina. Let's ask this. If they bring in a new coach and two or three different players, that's not radical changes? I'd argue they're it not is. They're not going to bring in going to have – Oh, so you think Andrew Burnett? Here's the thing, right? When we talk about radical changes, it doesn't just go. I don't think Burnett's the issue, 
but in your scenario, if he needs to be gone and fired, right, you have a new coach and you add three, two or three different everyday starters, that's radical changes. And you get a new coach, you have a new system, you're going to have new players added in. Okay. I don't I know. You're not going to see when teams get bounced after the season they had this year, they're just going to say, oh, fantastic. Let's just make sure we've got all of our same pieces back together. Maybe we'll make one addition, just roll everything back to same. Same head coach, same players, same net minders, same forwards. Let's just roll it. They don't do that. Real serious teams don't do that. I think that that's what they will do. Okay. That's and they're it, young. It would be Again, they're a young team. They they in the first round of the playoffs, this is a very disappointing season, a very disappointing oh, post year for them. That's that's a whole nother story. You said they'll they have to make radical changes. I just disagree. I think they're, they're young more. players just coming into their prime. You don't you don't dump on the young guys. You got an old team, yeah, you jettison guys, but not a young team. It's just foolish. Okay. Well, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see that one out. Again, I consider changing a coach and adding two or three everyday players and making those changes. That's a radical change in the offseason. But maybe two not. Or three. I don't I like I said I said maybe two. Maybe they bring in one guy and then they acquire somebody at the deadline. That's about the extent of what they're gonna do. They're really, really good. You don't win that many games in the regular season and lead the league in points and say our team sucks. We need radical changes. Just doesn't happen. And they maybe it's just my it's just your use of the term radical. I just don't see it. Every team has to make changes in the offseason. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. If you're standing still, you're getting worse. That's why I think it's, it would be two postseasons in a row with, you know, I would say. There was, there was no expectations for them last year. There were no expectations for Florida last year. They played Tampa in the first round. They were lucky to even make the playoffs. They didn't they, even make the playoffs the year before, so they're on a. An they, didn't play, they didn't play Tampa in the first round. They played them in the second round before they played us. Okay, so they won a first round playoff series, but their trajectory is on the way up. It's not on the way down. It's on the way up. It's on the ascent. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Teams don't sit on their hands and do most teams. So the Islanders, when they teams, lost, most seventy. Jesus Christ! Most teams don't it, don't don't talk about the seventies. They wasn't even free agency at that time period, Grumpy. So here's the thing, too: most teams, when they lose and they have fantastic years, unless you're Tampa, unless you're a team full of future Hall of Famers left and right, you make changes and alterations after a very disappointing postseason. They may come back and they win and they advance past the first round. It's just they're not in a good spot right now. The, the, the performance I saw on the ice today, if you're a Florida Panther fan, you're worried. You realize every team in the league makes changes every year, unless you're the New York Islanders. Every team makes changes every year. So they're, everyone's making radical changes every year? No. They tweak what they have to try to get better. That's not a radical change. I just disagree with your term radical. Considering when I say certain things, you know, and I'm saying get rid of three, oh, we're going to blow it up, blow it up. Where two guys is a radical change. Okay. If we got rid of Barry Trotz and added two or three different players, that's a radical change for us. If we got rid of a head coach and added in two or three different players, that's radical changes for us. I don't We're think that's radical. That plays defense, slave away defensive style, 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 and very regimented to a team that, again, who has more, you would assume, to a team that has more of a free-flowing offense and more of a free-flowing system, right? Those are radical changes for us. But it, it doesn't, no need to get caught in the weeds on that grump. I, you know, I, I would consider, right, if you have a very disappointing, very disappointing, you know, postseason this year after what you did, you're going to look for changes. Simple I'm as I'm going to say, I'll put it this way. If they win a Stanley Cup, they're still going to make a couple of changes anyway because every team does. 
Nobody brings everybody back. Doesn't work. Most times when you win a Stanley Cup, you lose players at that time period. You lose the guy you added at the trade deadline. You lose the guys that were on expiring contracts because they're going to cash in after just winning a Stanley Cup. And I don't blame them. But switching series a bit, you've got the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars. Now, I'm sure as a shock to no one, a defensive battle left and right, a low-scoring affairs, a low-shooting affairs, a 1-1 tie between the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars, Grump. Now, who do you think's got the edge there? Dallas did nab the road victory they needed, but who do you think's in the driver's seat? I still think Calgary is going to win that series. Um, I think they have even though they haven't shown it the first two games, they're certainly better offensively than Dallas is. So I'm still sticking with Calgary. So, Nike, if any of these number one seeds, they all should go and go radical change, I guess, if they don't advance out of the first round. I'm just saying, boy, you're throwing around a lot of change. If the series are two to one. Anything can happen. Let's wait to see if they actually I'm lose. I'm more talking. I'm more talking about the way they played, right? Calgary and Dallas is tied one to one. That's one I could see going deep, right? We talked about Calgary as a team that we thought could really make a big impact. They're, you know, I, I think a well-rounded team. But, geez, man, it's a low-scoring affair left and right. And, again, it's playing to both of those teams are not, you know, run-and-gun style of offense. Calgary, I think, is a little more malleable. They can kind of switch up what they do a bit. But that's going to – I think that's got all the makings to being a, game, a series that goes, you know, six or seven games for certain Calgary against Dallas. Potential, yeah. I mean, six. With a few, I think over, I, with a few I, I, that's one of those games I can pencil in. There will be an overtime victory in some capacity that series. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, game three is tonight. It's just one game. So, you know, they've only lost one game. What was it, two to one? I mean, it two is nothing. what it is. Two, yeah, nothing. two nothing. Okay. I mean, I'm not pushing the panic button yet. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm pushing the panic button. I'm just saying those are two teams. There have been three goals scored between the first two games. Calgary won one nothing game one, and Dallas won two nothing in game two. That's a time. That's a game, and this is a series where it is going to be they're slugging it out. Simple as that. It's going to make for that. I think that you're going to see, and Dallas, I'd say, plays somewhat uh, compared to how the league plays, somewhat of a similar style to what we play. You know, they play kind of that Sharks, New York Islanders, where again it's more defense and regimented, and again Sutter's the same way. Yeah, I agree, but they can score. I'm not I'm not even concerned about that series. I don't see any way Dallas wins that series, to be honest with you. Well, I'm not I'm not saying I'm concerned about the series. I'm I'm grumpy. We're talking about the series because the Islanders are in the offseason and not I, no, I understand. Why would you're I be to concerned? Say, okay, you're trying to say that you're make your point is you think that the veteran team the the teams that are favorites are in trouble. No, Grump. Grump, remember when I just said moving on from that because we don't agree this, we don't agree on that point? I'm just talking about every series. Like we're going to talk about okay. Edmonton against the Kings now. We're just talking about the series as they happen because we're in a weird situation where the Islanders are not in the playoffs. I'm not worried that the Flames are going to get beat, but I'm just saying I could see that game going. I could see that series going seven games. I don't see that that series going seven games. Maybe six. Maybe six. Calgary's way better than Dallas. Way better. They lost one game. They lost one game. That's Only all I'm saying. I'm not. Advantage matters. That could even be five. Maybe they win in five, five oh, or six. Jesus Christ. I don't. Th I don't see any way that goes seven. Okay. <laughs> the one it, series, if if I'm a fan of a certain, I'd be worried if I was Tampa, just because of the way Toronto came to play. I've never seen that out of Toronto before.
I think this year you're seeing a lot of teams, right? Like Minnesota and the Blues are another series that I could see going seven games. There's a lot of these series I can see going at least six, if not seven, right? Edmonton jumps up and it takes a two a two to one lead in the series over the, the Kings. And you think to yourself, I mean, that's going to be, I'm sure the Kings aren't going to roll over and die, but the Kings won the first game of the series. Edmonton seems to be gaining some momentum. I told you, Edmonton's a team I think could win two, two playoff, two playoff series this year. But hey, so you know, they could they look like they, you know, they're in they're in a situation where they're sitting comfortable after the, the recent form and they just beat the Kings. I think it was yesterday, eight to two. So you yeah. know Kings are one of the youngest teams in the league. Exactly. Um, and they have you talk about a team that has no expectations. The Kings, I don't even think expected to make the playoffs this year. And I think the expectations are very low for them. Exactly. No one expected them to make the playoffs. They're ahead of schedule. Their they're young players, their young players are good. Um, they have just a few veterans on that team. Honestly, I think three or four guys who I would consider, you know, older veterans, right? Dowdy, Quick, uh, Kopitar, and Brown. Other than that, they're all guys in their young 20s, early 20s. I mean, those guys know how to win, but I didn't I didn't expect them to beat Edmonton. That's for certain. Um, and you see Edmonton, right? First game they come out, they lose a game they probably should have won. And then all of a sudden – Okay, they've righted the ship the next two games. And that's what I mean. You, you know, you can't make judgments based off of one game or two games or anything like that. But you can look at styles of play. I think Edmonton is going to roll through that series now. I don't see any way that uh, the Kings come back. Um, so, like I said, not a concern for me. Like I said, Kings are playing with house money, but I just don't think they're good enough right now. There's never any concerns with any of these games, Grump because the Islanders are not tied to them. We're just giving updates, I think, oh, as to what we expect regarding the series. And again, I, what I expect, there is not, we talked about this last time, and you told me, oh, there's going to be more sweeps and possible sweeps. This team's going to sweep. That team's going to sweep. I can't see there's any way this team, right? Carolina is going to sweep the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I I'm, Carolina my my point with this is these games and series are a lot closer than what you had anticipated. And I think what some other fans I'm sure had anticipated as well. I think you're not going to see teams rolling over and dying in four. I mean, like the only team that has a chance to get swept and it probably will get swept is the Nashville Predators. But, you know, winning games in four or a five game series, you're not, I don't think you're going to see as many of those. I think you're going to see a lot more tough and closely contested series that go six or seven games this year. And that's good, right? As a neutral, as a neutral party, I like to see, you know, hot, more playoff action and teams that are duking it out until, you know, game six or seven. To clarify, I said, I thought the two series had a chance to be sweeps Colorado and Carolina. Carolina, you know, when you're playing your third string goalie once again, then all bets are off. But you said the same thing about Calgary too, but it doesn't matter. I don't think I said Calgary would sweep. Okay. I didn't expect it to go more than five, though, six tops. And you could still be totally, you could win a game in six, you can win a series in six games and still, you know, okay, you know, we win three of the first four, then we lose it on the road, then we beat them all. You know, whatever, it don't matter. Calgary will beat Dallas. Mm hmm. Anytime you say that, I'm just I'm just storing that away, Grumpy. I'm storing that away. Go ahead. Here, here's the other item too, right? The Rangers is in a series with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it feels like the one shitty part about not being in the playoffs this year. There's a lot of shitty parts about it, but man, the little brother syndrome we have from Islander fans that come out and just the seething hate, where it's like, oh yeah, I hate the Rangers. I can't see stand to see them be successful. I hate the Penguins too. I, you know, I, I don't know which team I hate more. 
I don't like the Rangers. I don't like the Penguins. Does anybody forget how freaking ugh, how much the Penguins just have owned us and just ugh. I, I remember what was it the 2016 series when we lost to the Penguins too? I, I don't like the Penguins. I don't like the Rangers. It's not like I'm clearly rooting for the Peng or the Rangers over the Penguins or the Penguins over the Rangers. I, I that's a series where I'm like, whoever wins this series, I hope doesn't advance another, <laughs> to be honest. But I mean, the Rangers now have come back and tied the game four to four against the Penguins. And now you're entering the third period of the four to four tie when the Penguins had a four one lead in the first. Yeah. And I was stunned when I saw four one. I came in a little bit late on that game because I watched the Kentucky Derby, an 80 to one shot winning that you could have bought last September for $30,000. Think about that. Uh, wins a Kentucky Derby. So then I flipped on I'm like four to one. Gosh, this must be towards the end of the game or second period or whatever. And it's like end of the first. I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. Um, but then, like I said, let's give Gerard Gallant and the New York Rangers credit, right? For not rolling over and dying. They came out and they exerted max, protect, max pressure. If the Rangers win this game, I think the Rangers win the series. Think about how many obstacles they've had to overcome or bounce back from after losing the triple overtime game where they faced 80 or Shesterkin faced 82 shots, right? They come back the next game and they win. They take care of business. And if you come back being down four to one against the Penguins and you find a way to win this game, I think you're in the driver's seat where even though the Penguins do have a lot of veteran leadership, a lot of guys who have won multiple cups on that team, I think the Rangers are in the driver's seat based off of the way they responded after losing in triple overtime and fighting their way back and winning this game. I think that means huge items for momentum for a young team like that too. And again, Pittsburgh with their third string goalie, which makes a difference. It does. So I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, so are the Rangers great? I think they're really good offensively. I don't think they're that great defensively. I just don't. Um, uh, you know, if they win, they deserve to win. Uh, yeah, to me, it's not the fact that they come back from four to one down today. Coming back and winning the game after the triple overtime loss, that was huge for them. That's I huge. Said, I said both of those items, I think, puts them in the driver's seat. How quickly they've bounced back from that. They bounce back from the triple overtime loss, winning immediately after that. And they bounce back today after being down four to one. I'm talking about momentum wise and feeling in the room. That has to do wonders. And for Pittsburgh, if you go in, right, you went, you win the triple overtime game. Okay. We have a little bit of a letdown the game after. And holy shit, we let one just slip through our hands at home. We're up four to one and we lose. Oh, was it at PNC? I can't remember what they are. Are they PNC Arena? We lose at home at PNC Arena after having a four to one lead exiting the first period. I think mentally, right? That's it's tough, right? But they got their team that's got a lot of vets on them, so that always helps. But I just think mentally, I, you wouldn't be in a good state as a player after that. Um, I think with a veteran team, like you got Crosby and Malcolm and Latang, they've been through the wars. They've won how many Stanley Cups, right? And it's like, you know, I don't think, okay, we're down two to one. We're just down two to one. We had a bad period of hockey in the second period. Now it's all even. And if you ask them going into the game, hey, if you went into the third period with this game tied, would you be happy? I'm sure they're going to say yes. I mean, the Rangers were one, of the, were one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, certainly better than Pittsburgh during the regular season. And, you know, you're the underdog. So, you know, if you're just going into game three, tied up one-to-one -one in games and tied up four-to-four -four at the end of two periods, you're happy if you look at it like that. 
how the game was played out matters, though. That stuff matters. Simple as that. That shit yeah. matters, Crump. I'm going to say when you have a veteran team with guys who've won the cup before, it's not as big a deal. Now, if it was a younger team, let's say the shoe was on the other foot where the Rangers win the first game or – what? Yeah, Rangers win the first game in triple overtime. Then Pittsburgh makes this comeback like they're having now. I think it would be more of an issue for the Rangers being a younger team without a whole lot of Stanley Cup experience or having a coach who's ever won a cup or even been to the Stanley Cup finals, uh, except for that one year, his first year in Vegas. Uh, I think it would have a bigger deal on the Rangers than it would on Pittsburgh. That's all I'm saying. I will say this too. The Penguins, and I'm, we're not watching the game because we're live streaming right now. Um, Malkin, Rust, and Crosby are all kept off the score sheet as of right now. Have they shut down and neutralized that line? Or have they shut down and neutralized those individuals? I'm sorry. You know, in the playoffs, right, your best players have to perform. Yeah, was that? it's true. And they, for the most part, they have. The first game was all about those two players, those two lines. Well, the first game. Correct. Yeah. I mean – you know, I just, I don't know. I think you're kind of grasping at straws here. I hate to have to be the rational one. You're playing my role of irrational uh, guy, and now I have to be the if rational Rangers one. win today, I think they could win every single game the rest of the series, and they win in five. That the momentum, you I don't think you're grasping how important it is momentum-wise. If you lose at home up four to fucking one in the first period, at the, <clears throat> at the end of the first period, I think you're, after after winning a triple overtime game in game one, I think that is really, really tough to bounce back from. It's not like these are the Penguins of the past. It's not like these are the Penguins that have deep playoff runs year after year. They got bounced in the first round of the playoffs last year. We bounced up, we bounced them in the first round of the play. Man, that's right. We bounced them in the first round of the playoffs last year. And how'd they do two years ago? This is not like a team with the Penguins where they're going deep into the playoffs year after year. This is a team that's close to over the freaking hill. I think that matters. The momentum in a game like this matters. If you lose, I think that is tough, 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 tough. The Rangers are in the driver's seat. Hopefully I'm wrong, right? Nobody wants to see the Rangers win. It's tough, though. Okay. That's it? That's it. I don't want to argue with you about it because, you know what, I honestly don't care enough to argue with you about it. I already told you my point of view. They're a team loaded with Stanley Cup veterans. I think they could withstand that. Again, it's tied at the end of two. And you're saying, well, gosh, this is going to win the rest of the series. Pittsburgh could come back and win the third period, win this game, and then maybe everything shifts. Maybe the Rangers are like, oh, God, we can't beat them. And maybe they want to lose in the next game, and then the series is over. I mean, I, like I said, I'm going to wait till the game is actually over before I start making those proclamations. I just said, I didn't make any proclamations. I just said they're in the driver's seat. You said I if the Rangers win today, you could see them winning the rest of the series. They haven't even won today. I'm going to wait till they actually win today before I well, say let's, anything. Let's wait until the series is over, and then let's go ahead and talk about what we think is going to happen in the series, Grump. I think that's a good one. Now what we should do is wait until the Tampa-Toronto Tampa, Tampa -Toronto series is over, and then we could say what we where we comfortably think those teams are going to win, whether I, one team's going to win or lose. How about that, Grumpy? I can say that my predictions would probably be more accurate than what they are now. That's what it seems like. It seems like your your predictions are kind of taking taking a little bit of water on. You were what so water? Every game, every series is two to one. What do you mean that taking on water? Nobody's even facing elimination. That you had yet. proclaimed to win the Stanley Cup are looking like they're struggling a little bit out of the yeah, gate. Yeah, that, that would looks be, like correct. teams that you want you thought were going to go deep are struggling a little bit out of the gate. And and all I'm going to no, say wait, is wait, like, wait, wait, wait. Who are the teams I said were going to go deep? Tampa, Carolina. 
out of the East. I thought right? you said Florida was going no, deep. No, 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 Carolina, Carolina. And you also and said Tampa. that you thought you thought the Flames, the Flames, and the Flames are making and, it to the Cup. That's right. The fl- okay, it's one to one. That's a one-one series. I know you're marking it off, and you just said the Flames still win in five or top six games. All I'm saying is it's one to was- one. Okay, it's one to one. And you're saying, oh, your your pick's taking on water because your team lost one game. No, I'm more talking about Tampa. I'm more talking about Tampa. Well, Tampa, yeah, had I, mean, Tampa, I told you that right off the. That's what I said right off the Jump Street, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm saying because you, some of these these strong proclamations or some of these strong predictions you strong predictions you made early on look like they're taking on a little bit of water. Grumpy's unwilling to come up with any one. To one. Coming up with any assertive items. A series that's one-to-one is taking on water. Okay. I disagree. Let's see how it goes on tonight. Let's Okay. Dallas has home ice advantage, and let's see what happens with Tampa. Yeah. Well, now, Tampa, like I said, I'm surprised with how well Toronto was playing. Um, and the officials have absolutely helped Toronto out. Absolutely. Oh, oh, here we go. They're calling every single little ticky-tack thing. Uh, it's they've absolutely benefited from the officiating. They have. It's all right. Okay. Lucky there. Uh, the officiating, that's why. Well, the officiating is usually shit. I didn't say that's the reason why they're winning. Don't put words in my mouth. What I said was the officiating has helped Toronto. It's helped give them the momentum. Toronto's playing great, though. They're that I never expect them to play this well. That's exactly what I said, but the officiating has certainly helped them out. Steady parade to the penalty box. And their power play has been outstanding. Well, here here's something, too. Uh, let's talk a little Islanders. I know we talked about 50 minutes talking about the playoff picture, but let's talk some Islanders, Grump. And this, right, we're in this time period. We're going to be getting guests back on the show, so we'll talk more Islanders that time period. But there's so many different playoff games and playoff series that are going on now. I can't. I can't not talk about all the fun action that we get to experience on the sidelines, unfortunately. So, you know, one thing that I've looked at and I've said to myself, man, oh man, skating is something the Islanders really need to be hard pressed to improve on. But Jeff Cambellini came up with a tweet, Grump, and I want to ask you a little bit about your opinions on this. And I know where I sit, but I think it's interesting to go ahead and bring this up and, and kind of reading the room of Islander fans at Barzal for the Islanders has undisputed the most gifted player in a top line center had 59 points a season, which is pathetic given his abilities, but what's more likely he's the problem or he simply doesn't have the guy, the right guy or the guy riding or doesn't have the guy riding shotgun. It's the latter. It's not that uh, it's not uh, he's not the problem. Again, if Matt Barzell was playing on a team like a Florida, like a Carolina, like a Tampa, like a Colorado, uh, he'd be putting up huge amount of points. He's playing on a team where the system is predicated on defense, defense, defense. That being said, I mean, just look at his numbers, the numbers he put up playing under Doug Waite as a rookie. That was his highest scoring year. Yes, he was a liability defensively. Is he a better defensive player now? Absolutely he is. Barry Trotz has helped him like that, but he's also hurted his offensive output. There's No one can deny that. Yeah, it's hurt. If he so. had someone who was more conducive to his playing style as opposed to the grinder types, 
and I've said this before, Matt Barzell is not a fit for the style that the Islanders play. Uh, he'd have more points if he had somebody who, you know, was more creative or was a better skater. Just saying. He's not the issue. Matt Barzell is not the issue. It's the same. It's the same way, I think, too. But it's weird, right? We talked about originally, I thought the people were kind of joking around on social media talking about is Matt Barzal, you know, is he this, you know, he's not our best center. Brock Nelson is. I saw those and I'm like, this has got to be a joke, right? But, you know, when you see tweets more and more like this, right, it speaks to it speaks to the way that the, the fan base is kind of looking at things. I think that Barzal is the most talented forward on this team by a country mile. I think this is a career year for for Brock Nelson, right? He is at the ceiling of his performance. There I mean, damn, his his head's about busting through. He's about busting through the freaking ceiling at this point. I don't see him I don't see him replicating what he did this year next year. Uh, you know, just being realistic and honest about it, and I see a guy like Matt Barzal is kind of I see his ceiling is so high and he's just kind of puttering around. And for for his for his skill and ability, he's putting or puttering around in mediocrity. Regarding his individual performances on the ice. It's laughable when people say that Brock Nelson's a better center. It's laughable. Does any team go into a game say, hey, we got to watch out for Brock Nelson? No, they don't. I think he benefits from that. Who gets all real quick? We've got a game plan for Brock Nelson. I don't think they do that. No. Who gets all the tough matchups? It's Matt Barzal, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. He's the best player by far, and teams say, we're going to take him away. Make them beat us another way. And you're right. Brock Nelson had a good year this year. That's, this is his career year. Here it is. Same age as Casey Sezekis was, by the way. Well, no, Casey was a little bit younger. But, you know, you see what a guy's been his whole career, and all of a sudden you see a tremendous spike, particularly in shooting percentage. He's going to come back down to normal next year. And so you're going to say next year, if Brock Nelson has 25 goals or 24 goals, were you going to say that he was a bust next year? No, no. that's because that's what he has always been his career. And, you know, if he plays well defensively, then he's doing his job. Nobody expected him to score 37 goals this year. He didn't. I mean, he'd be lying if he said he did. It's the most goals he scored in a year by 11. Think about that. He would have had higher numbers in the past if that because think about it, right? He really hit stride on the trots. The um, the shortened seasons obviously have affected his you know long term numbers and season numbers. So you know I I know that when COVID originally had hit, we shaved off what was it ten or twelve games off the regular season. I'm not saying he would have scored eleven goals over that time period, but I could have seen it been instead of it being eleven goals more than he's ever scored in the past. I could see that being oh it's seven or eight. Something like that. I could see him scoring three goals. I mean, those years he'd been performing well, I could see him scoring three goals over a 12-game stretch in that time period. But, yeah, he unbelievable season for him this year. A guy like Matt Barzal, I think we're, he needs to take the step forward. He needs to have the right guy around him, right? There's no more excuses. If we don't make serious additions this offseason to really put the right pieces around him, I think it's freaking criminal. I think there's certain items that we've done that have been criminal before in the past. I think that would be absolutely criminal. I agree. I agree. I'm not even going to disagree with you on that. It's true. They need to get someone who can play a style similar to Matt Bozal. That's what they need. 
and, and Jeff there. I, I felt like I was all on Jeff Cambellini's uh, Twitter feed uh, this today when I was prepping the podcast. But I understand why people believe Lou is stuck in his ways and don't expect real change this offseason. But let's be real. If he doesn't make the real change, readdressing you know the offensive impact and speed would be a criminal act. These playoff teams would skate the Islanders out of the building. More, I just wanted to highlight that last portion. These playoff teams would skate the Islanders out of the building. It's true. We mentioned it on the last podcast. Look at the speed of the game in all these playoff series. We could not keep up with these teams. When they picked their level of game up, we could not keep up. We, could, we couldn't even keep up with them during the regular season when most of these teams are just coasting through. We could not keep up with them. Come playoff time, they've upped their level of play. Okay? I mean, but honestly – what real changes do you think Lou is going to make? To make any positive changes, he has to make subtractions first. Until he does that, no one new will be coming onto this team. You have to move up guys who have term on their contracts. In the forward group. In the forward group. Those are the biggest areas we have, right? Got to add the top four defensemen, top four left-handed defensemen, and you've got to add, you've got to change the forward composition up. That that needs a radical change and shape up. It really does. So, you know, it's gotta add the right pieces around Matt Barzal, right? I, I think that ideally he would benefit from another guy who has a similar skill set to him that opens up ice, who has the ability to create space, who has the ability to play make. He would also benefit from a, a true bona fide sniper. I think that right now you look at you look at the players that he's been saddled with. Anders Lee's a garbage, and again, they had changes at the end of the year, but Anders Lee's a garbage man. He stands in front of the net. It doesn't do, it doesn't do Matt Barzal any good, and I mean no good. And having the revolving door on the right wing between your Josh Bailey, I know Oliver Wallstrom got some time, Kyle Palmieri, the list goes on and on. Anthony Bavillier got some time too. He needs a, he needs a legitimate first line right winger. There's still chance for Oliver Wallstrom to be that player. I think so too, but if you want to be if you want to win a cup next year right and you feel like they got one more year left in the window, let's say you're in that camp, I don't think I can honestly say I expect Oliver Washington to be a first line right winger next year. I think he could grow into that, but I don't think he's there yet. So you're with my way of thinking that you need two top scoring wingers on this team going into next year then. If you have the ability if you have the ability, right, in an ideal world, terrific. That's exactly what I would do, right? You could patch it up and say, oh, terrific. We got a guy like Philip Forsberg. We'll put him on the left wing. We're able to shed some cap. You know, we've got – we'll pair him up with Matt Barzal and we'll put at right wing XYZ. We'll put at right wing Oliver Wallstrom and give him a try. It's just – I'm just saying, right, if you want the best scenario to win, I don't think you could say Oliver Wallstrom is there yet as a, as a top-line guy. I think he you could do- be, but not yet you do realize that you berated me for making that very point on Wednesday. You do realize that. I, you said to be a contender. I think That's, you can add pieces later on, right? I don't think it has to be done in the offseason. You can't, you can't add a top line, a top, a, a number one line you winger. You can add a top six right winger at the deadline? Not, not unless you want to pay more. through the nose. We How many, paid through the nose before. We paid a first and a second round pick for a guy who's a third line center for us. I just I don't think you're going to get a top line winger at the trade deadline. I just don't see it. I mean, I'm talking top line. 
You can get a guy who's a second liner who could masquerade as a first liner, a Kyle Palmieri type, but you're not going to get a dry sidle or a Gaudreau or anything like that. You're not going to get that. Okay. Dry saddle is not going to be on the move. I am, I'm just saying that type of player, that's a top line player I consider. I'm not saying you need an elite caliber player. I think, right. If you got, if, if you bring in a legit top six guy, cause I don't think Bailey's top six, I think in a good team, Kyle Palmieri is a guy who is a third-line guy. So is Bailey. I don't think Oliver Wallstrom, maybe he proves us all wrong next year, and I hope he does. But as of right now, based off of what we saw and based off the system that Trotz run, I think it's very tough to say, yes, I feel confident as him being our number, you know, number one right wing next year. That would be gravy for us if he turns out to be that next year. But once again, he's another player like Matt Barzal who – has had to it's just this system is not advantageous for his playing style. I agree. I'll, I'll just put it to you that way. I agree. I'm just, you know, I, I thought those those points were interesting that I saw online, right? And as we're in a time period where there's a whole bunch of playoff games going on, it's, you know, easy to be distracted every which way. It's always good to think about that. Um, but Grumpy, we do have an ad to read today. From DraftKings, uh, grumpy old man. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting, most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets uh, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With the DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot to have an even bigger payday. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. DraftKings uh, or download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Again, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Again, you do have minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes in the description below for additional details. Nice job, TJ. There it is. There it is. But, um, yeah, there's certain things I've noticed, too, about the playoffs, right? I feel very confident if we get a left-handed defenseman, top four left-handed defenseman, I think our defense is set. I agree. Got to be a younger even, guy, though. Got to be a guy who can skate. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not saying adding a guy like Mark Giordano is the answer, right? Or or saying, oh, we just we spackled Nick Letty back into this spot here, and that's that's the answer. That's not the answer for me. It would put a it put a band aid on something that really you could have let heal for a little longer and, and really improve. But you know, technically, Letty's better than Chara. Oh, oh, okay. It cannot be Nick Letty. I just said that I don't. Okay. I don't think he's okay. the answer. I'm just saying, right? He technically be he would be an upgrade over Chara, a, a younger puck moving defenseman on the left hand side. Then your pairings match up. Then then your pairings are really good, and I think that makes us infinitely better next year i think that would make us the best defensive team a best defensive and goalie tandem in the league if healthy i i for i firmly believe that after okay. watching what i've seen in the playoffs if you're telling me right noah dobson ideally i think he's going to take another step forward 
Maybe it's a small step defensively, but I think he takes another step forward defensively. I think Pelik and Pulak are still, you know, tried and true. Even if you want to break them up a bit, I still feel very confident in their abilities. Scott Mayfield will be back. He's a huge plus. And if you added a top four left-handed defenseman, you're in really good shape. I'm saying top five. I'm not saying Absolutely. best. I'll say, I'll say top five without a doubt. I think we slipped this year, but top five. Because then you, you would have three pairings, and I'm just assuming Sallow, would make the team unless you have to move him to get that player, of course, then all bets are off. But then you'd have, you know, Dobson on the first pairing, whoever the left shot defenseman is on the second pairing, and Sallow. Those would be your th three puck-moving defensemen on the back end. And I think that would be really, really good. I think it would just make us so much better. Think about how much Dobson improved defensively this year, right? And Pulak is sound is sound sound enough defensively, where if you get somebody who's maybe not as great, he can cover up for him. People forget Scott Mayfield is really good defensively, and he always played his best when he had a guy who was a puck mover on the other side. Yes. And he did not have to assume those responsibilities. So, I mean, that's a fix where, yes, I, I could see us doing that and making that that's Stanley Cup contending back line and goaltending. It's the forward group that the issues are, though. I just think we're number one because I think our goalie's a top... Next year, I think our goalie enters top five in the league territory. I'd argue yes. that he was there now. Yeah. You, 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 No doubt, no matter how much you, you hate the Islanders, he's top 10 no matter what. I don't care how you slice it, how much you hate the guy. Bare minimum, he's top 10. I think arguably he's already top five as a netminder. Uh, I think our defense re-enters back in the top five territory with the top five goalie. I think that puts us at number one when you talk about defense and goalie tandem. I think we're the best in, you know, healthy, right? I think we're one of the best, if not the best. 100% agree with all those points. 100%. I think just forwards again are, are going to be, you know, and how we add offensive pop to the party. That's going to be the most important thing this offseason. And have we ever shown a predilection to get somebody like that? No. When we needed offensive firepower in the past, right? The, the biggest offensive piece we've ever added under Lou Lamarillo is Jean Gabriel Pajot, and that cost it's, a first and a second round pick. It's Kyle Palmieri. It's not Pajot. He was supposed to be the third-line center and because of the overall game that he played. Palmieri was the winger who was supposed to come in and revolutionize the offense. Well, I said, no, I said, who's been the biggest impactful offensive piece that we've added? I'd say John Gabriel Pajot has okay. been more impactful than, than Kyle Palmieri. I misunderstood. I thought you said who was maybe, the guy. Maybe I worded it wrong, but that's if I, if I did, I meant to say who has been the biggest offensive piece that we've True. added. I think it should. Be, I think it's been Jean Gabriel Pajot, and right. I would argue, right? We need to go above and beyond that. We can't add a guy. Think about it. That's been the biggest piece we added. And if we if we're going to add somebody, let's say hypothetically through trade, let's say we. My God, it would be so disappointing just to sign back Nick Letty. It would okay. be so disappointing just to sign back Nick Letty and say, "Here we go. Our, our left-handed defense spot is filled." Okay, J.G. Pajot and Kyle Palmieri also, they're auxiliary pieces. You don't need more auxiliary pieces. You need more on-the-guy pieces. That's what I said. We don't need – I agree. We don't need another auxiliary piece. I'm just saying, right, let's say we get the left-handed defenseman through free agency. and Let's say it's Nick Letty, unfortunately. That would be a big sad. I'd be sad about that. I then I could see us that. trading – for a forward if we needed to, right? We yeah. can use the hockey trade to trade for a forward. It's got to be a bona fide. And I just look at the other times we've acquired forwards in the past, albeit at the deadline when you have to pay an arm and a leg. Our ability to win trades have not been fantastic, I don't think, under Lou Lamarillo.
I, I cannot see Nicoletti being even an option. I just can't. I His mean, familiarity with Trotz and Trotz likes him. I, I don't care. Barry Trotz is not the general manager. At this point in time, it's not about appeasing Barry Trotz. You need to go out and make the team as good as you can. I don't give a shit that Barry Trotz likes Nick Letty. Nick Letty was abysmal in Detroit, and he's brutal bad in St. Louis. He cannot play defense anymore. You would think Barry Trotz, the defensive god, would realize that. He's terrible defensively. The Penguins have responded back. They've got a 5-4 to four lead over the Rangers now. Eight minutes remaining in the game. So we've got to we got to get off. We got to grump. I wish I was watching that game now, but don't turn away. We're not going away. We're getting through comments. Um, is Grumpy going to see Bridgeport versus Charlotte? Yes, he is. He'll yes. give us it. Uh, Shesterkin. Yep, he got lit up. Shitsterkin, and he was pulled. Oh, he took the How are you? Um, Pittsburgh needs the next goal. They did get these are from earlier. That Capitals and uh, in Florida Panthers game was shocking. I thought so too. I didn't expect. I mean, Florida got. I, Florida got manhandled today. Uh, Samsonov was really, really good in net, and Bobrovsky was not. I'm just going to say that. He was not good. He gave up a couple of goals that he certainly wants back. Um, here's the thing. Florida's the better team. Washington's fighting out there. Brett W. said the Panthers are going to lose in the first round again. So maybe they lost to Tampa in the first round last year, and maybe Carolina didn't get bounced in the first round. They got bounced in the second round last year. Can I ask you a question? Do you know who the picture that Brett has up, you know who that is? Is that the Fonz? It is It is not the Fonz. It's not the Fonz. Back I don't know that actor's name. Who's the Fonz? Who's the actor who plays the Fonz? Henry Winkler plays the Fonz. That's like an iconic... Hold on, give me, give me give me one more chance. Is he is he a movie star or is he a singer? He was a movie star. He's passed away. Give me a hint. Name one movie he's been in. Um, I can't tell you because I can't tell you what movies he's been in because one movie. I can't, I can't tell you the movie because then you, okay if I give you the movie you still wouldn't know the actor. I'll tell you his name. Can you tell me what the movie is? No, no, no. Do it the other way. What the hell is this bullshit? How would you? You just said even if you gave me the movie, I know the actor. Give this, me the movie. This picture is iconic. It's at the end of the movie. Give me the movie. I can't give you the movie. What do you, you mean? Give me the movie. I want. I want to know if you know what that movie that picture's from. Holy shit, Grump! Give me. Oh, jeez. Give me. Give me another movie he starred in, and I'll do both. How about that? The Daily he was Double. In the Jimmy Pearsall story. Holy shit. It's going to be tough, guys. Okay. That's what he was in. Okay. He was in one, he was in a movie trilogy, but one movie that a came trilogy. out. Okay. Give me a sec. Came out in 1961. Was the number one movie directed by Hitchcock. Do you know who that is? Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. He did like, um, he did birds and he did like uh high anxiety and he did uh, okay high anxiety is this psycho is this a guy from psycho yes psycho it's... was a trilogy and i'm by yeah. the way in case someone's commenting it i did not i just know hitchcock's big movie i thought was thriller in birds <clears throat> okay thriller was a michael jackson song oh i'm sorry video. i meant yeah i meant uh, what did they just say the movie uh, psycho and birds well, no, actually, you said high anxiety. That was a Mel Brooks movie. 
which spoofed a lot of Hitchcock's movies. This is this is the scene right towards the end where he he looks up and says, "I wouldn't hurt a fly," and he looks up when he the mother had taken over. Whatever, I knew you wouldn't know. Anthony Perkins is the name of the actor. I never would have got that actor's. Name. I know that. That's why I was just going to give you the name. That was that when people say Anthony Perkins, psycho. Anthony. I still love that in High Anxiety, where Barry Levinson, who was a really good director, played a bellboy, and they recreated a comedy version of the stabbing scene in Psycho. It was freaking hilarious. If you ever get a chance to watch it, I've watch never it seen just the for movie. That I've never seen the movie Psycho. You've never seen the movie Psycho? Nope. Oh my god. Oh my God, you got to watch it. Oh I wish I shouldn't even have brought it up because I, you need to watch that. Blech. It's in black and white, though. So, you know, what didn't come no. out in the last five years, so it probably doesn't exist for a millennial such as yourself. Yeah, I've never watched it. Probably never will, to be honest with you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know how it goes. This guy, he's got his mom that he's dead, and that's the big reveal. Whoa, his dead mom. He's like, mother doesn't like this, and he's killing people left and right. He's like at a hotel or like Forget it. Breakfast. Forget, it. Forget it. Just shut up. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> you're incompetent. I, you're, you're embarrassment, honestly. You're embarrassing yourself. Uh, Again, you're embarrassing yourself. You probably watch movies while you're playing on your phone. That's it. That's what I do, Grumpy. I don't watch the movies. So, Terrible. Um, Terrible. what's both of your opinion on Colorado's? I want to. I want to tell you something against Nashville. Says Chris F. Chris, uh, S. I didn't watch them. Sorry, Chris. I did not watch them. Uh, it doesn't matter. Colorado's better. I don't care if they kicked them in the net. There was no way Colorado's losing to Nashville. Uh, I just want to tell you the first date that my dad took my mom on was to go see the movie Psycho. 1960. Good gracious. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, Grumpy, it is. Um, but uh, I didn't, if, if Chris, Chris, was there something controversial to happen with him? Um, let me, I'll, as I'm showing comments, I'll try to pull him up to see what's going on. Um, yeah. And Domingue is a goalie. Uh, how is Domingue goalie in this league? He's barely an AHL goalie. He's not. He's a third stringer for a reason. Matthew S. They're saying, God, I hope Tristan Yari gets back soon. Um, if <laughs> gets back soon, even if he was garbage this year. Um, what a film saying, what about the Leafs? Could this be their year? Grumpy, I'll let you tackle that first. They have really impressed me with how they've played this first round. I did not expect to see this from them, and they've been solid enough defensively so far. What's the big advantage they have? They have their starting goalie in there. All these other teams are playing second and third stringers. That helps. I mean, uh, Vasilevsky's playing from Tampa, but I'm just saying going forward. Mm. I think, I don't know. I think that first, right, they got to get the monkey off their back and win a playoff round. I think that that's first, right? I think you got to take it one one, one, one little milestone at a time. Um, and uh, that that's the biggest portion of it. Holy shit. Oh, I'm sorry. My God. That's a shorthanded goal. Oh my gosh! What are you, what are you talking? Um, about? I, I'm I'm trying to find it up. I'm trying to find something else. Sorry, I got distracted. But you got to take it one milestone at a time. This is, you know, I don't think you go from oh, we haven't won a playoff series in almost two decades to now we've won the cup. I think you you got. I, I think that once they win the first one, maybe the monkey gets off a of back a bit, and they could maybe win a, one or two more series, and maybe they get to an Eastern Conference Finals. But I don't think they have a chance to win a cup. They're another team that's been together for a lot of years. Everyone's in their prime. Um, you're seeing Matthews step his game up this year. Marner, 
Jack Campbell has performed well in goal. I mean, if they can get the monkey off their back, remember that every year they had to play Boston, who was too physical them, or Tampa. I mean, best teams in the league, right? They always give them problems. If you can get past those type of teams in the first round, they I mean, they could go a long way. You never know. You never know. They are loaded with talent. Nobody's denying the talent they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah W says, who are the unrestricted free agents at left defense? Hampus Lindholm was the biggest one. And he's already been signed. Right. He got traded to uh, Boston and signed a long-term deal. I think we're going to have to go a trade route to get the type of player that we're talking about to set our defense apart. Uh, apart you're going to have to go out on the trade market. Just going to have to do that. I think one of the guys who now unfortunately headlines some of the best left-handed defensemen that are available this year in unrestricted free agency is Nick Letty, unfortunately. I I don't think, I think he's, he's at the top of the list. I don't think much of Nick Letty, but I think he's a, there's not many left-handed defensemen that are available. I don't think he's at the top of any list. I just don't. I I, I just I, I, there's no way with how poorly he's played the last few seasons that he's at the top of the list of left shot defensemen. Just isn't. Yeah, left handed defenseman, right? Do you consider PK Subban? Is he a guy, right? I'll just read a few of the names off, right? I don't think think there are any. Hold on, hold on. That's what I'm saying. I think he's at the top of the list because the list is so finite and short. Then you might as well burn the list. It's like saying, you know, of show hosts, TJ's up there and nobody else. Well, you know, we might as well burn that list too. Oh, that's cute, Grumpy. That's cute. I mean, John Klimberg, do you put him over Nick Letty? Probably. Danny DeKaiser from Detroit. No. Calvin DeHaan's in the I, actually I would say that I would say that Danny DeKaiser is better than Nick Letty. Yeah. Fuck. That's, I, that's but I'm saying it's an underwhelming list. That's that's why I said I think Nick Letty's at the top. He's one of the guys at the top of the list, unfortunately. And I really fear that's what right. We're gonna it's not like we're going Letang. to get PK. Okay, Letang Chris. Is okay, Chris. Chris Letang is going to, if he resigns and determines not to retire, he's not leaving Pittsburgh. I'm just saying he's too old, but he's better than Nick Letty. Mark Giordano. It's a non starter. It's a non starter. Uh, okay. The question was who's at the top of the list? Letang, Giordano are definitely above Nick Letty. Who is at the top of the list for realistic guys you think are going to get? Okay, the well, now realistic guys. Okay, if you look at next year, right? Okay, well, technically next year, who is the top of the list for unrestricted free agents, right? It's People could still sign over that time period. I still think, like, I think Crystal Tang, there's no way in hell he leaves Pittsburgh. No way. Mark Giordano is a is a more of an upgrade over Nick Letty. And he actually fits what we do more. But that said, he's not, for me, He's not a puck. I don't like him as the puck mover per se. You take Mark G- or 39-year-old Mark Giordano over a 31-year-old. I, I didn't say I would do that. I said he's a better player than Nick Letty. That's what I said. I, if you it's a player, I'd rather have Mark Giordano right now than Nick Letty. Yes. I wouldn't go after either one of them, though. You're going to have to go on a trade. Ali Mata, I would take him over Nick Letty. Letty. He's not a puck yeah. mover, though, either. We're looking for this is okay. The Kings have available cast space. If they want him, they're probably not going to let him go. I mean, I'm just looking at the list. It's underwhelming. It is underwhelming. Ben Sherrod, 
maybe he's one if he yeah. doesn't sign back. I mean, like, but the the with the list is underwhelming. Ben I mean, Manson. I mean, the list is underwhelming though. Ben Sherratt is better than Nicoletti. Do I want to give once again a guy who's going to be thirty-one next year a long-term deal? No, I don't think they're going to go for. Uh, a defenseman through free agency. I just don't see it. They're going to make a trade for a defenseman it's to get the guy that they want. That's what they want. It has to be a specific guy, a I certain type of player. They, I hope the guy they want is it Nick Letty. It's not. It can't be Nick Letty. Now, he, first of all, he's a free agent. You don't have to trade for him. It's going to be a trade for a defenseman. Okay. No, I'm just saying if they, they want a guy, let's say, and it's Nick Letty, right? They don't have to trade for a guy, and they can use a draft capital to trade for a forward if they don't get a guy like Phil Forsberg. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. Scott L saying, Hey guys, what's up, Scott? Christmas, a nice shirt, TJ. I appreciate that. Um, and then Scott L saying here, uh, Colorado making mincemeat out of Nashville in the three games so far. Yeah, they have. I mean, it was a three to three tie at one point between Nashville and Colorado, and then Colorado yeah. scores four unanswered. Um, Matthew, I said, The reason Toronto is good is because of Marner and Matthews, they've been playing well. Yeah, they've really stepped up, really have. Christmas said, Grumpy, I still think Tampa wins the Cup. Uh, I mean, I'm, they're going to be my pick until they get eliminated, but it, I'm surprised with how well Toronto has played. Really surprised. Brian P. says, Colorado and Edmonton have looked great so far. I told Forget you Edmonton. Edmonton was a team to watch out for. They could win two series, I think, in this year's playoffs. Forget Edmonton. Scott L. saying here, hope Kemper is okay after taking that. Yeah, that stick through the face mask. Yeah, yeah, same here. It couldn't have happened to a more arrogant fan base, I assume. That's probably talking about, I don't know what that's talking about. That's a long time ago. But um, <clears throat> talking, oh, oof, yeah. Uh, L.A. got taken behind a woodshed for certain. And Tampa can flick a switch, Grumpy. They can flip a switch, that's for certain. Yeah, but Toronto um, showed some backbone which we haven't seen from them in the past. Talk, oh, they're talking about the Penguins. They got all cocky. And watch how they might lose this game. Not Tony Cheese says, oh, shit. What's up, boys? What's up, Tony Cheese? Or what's up, not Tony Cheese? Frank Hay said, Brabovsky is a choke artist. Don't be shocked if Spencer Knight sees action. Yeah, I didn't think he was real good today or the first game, honestly. And then uh, Brett W. says, wait, are you saying the Panthers have fans? They <laughs> the do. They have about 15. Um, and then uh, Shooters Puck Hockey says, only been a week since the Islander it's, season ended. It's only been a week? It feels like it's, seriously, feels like it's been like a month. Yeah, it was last Friday. Holy shit. I can't believe it. It has felt like a long time. It has. My God, this offseason is going to be long and painful. Brett Tubby says, the $10 million bus, talking about Brawlowski. Frosty yep. says, go Rangers. Two minutes left. They're still down one goal. Jarrell says, geez, the Panthers got smoked. I'm starting to worry about them a bit. You know, Florida doesn't seem to have any great in physicality. Maybe True. Florida could use a guy like Trotz just to make sure that Huberdo and Barkov are second liners. He would never, that would never, they would never go after Trotz. Pittsburgh just scored again, having a six to four lead over the Rangers. They're going to take a two to one lead in the series. So now Rangers are going to sweep the rest of the way. All I said was if the Rangers won this game, I felt confident that they could go ahead and rattle off two more wins and the series would be over. The momentum shifts are hugely important. I'm watching the game, but after the second period they had, if they were able to capitalize and build on that for the third period, I would have felt confident that they were in the driver's seat. That's correct. And if you remember what I said, it was, well, what if Pittsburgh comes back and wins? Then what are you going to say? 
Yeah, there, just shrug it. See, there you go. Thanks. What that's I'm going to say. That's okay. why, that's why I don't make. They reacted. I said if they continued, I said if things continue to spiral out of control, I'm not sure they bounce back from a, a, a bounce back from a loss like that when they're up four to one at home and lose after they they won in triple overtime before, right? They bounce back though. Good. That's what veteran teams should do. That's, That's exactly what, what I said. That's exactly that was exactly what I said. I said Here's the, the big point was if they lost today, they are going to win today. I said it didn't even matter. If you said to Pittsburgh, would you be happy one-to-one in your house, tie game after two periods? The answer is yes. And with that veteran group, it wouldn't surprise if they come back and win. And they did. Because that's what happens when you have that veteran leadership. The Crosbys, the Malkins, the Latangs. That helps. Florida had lost in the first round against Tampa. They haven't won a playoff series since 1996. When they got to the Stanley Cup Finals and got swept by Colorado. So you yeah. don't think a team like that may need to look at maybe some changes? Okay, don't worry. They were so, they were, uh, they is were Frederick Anderson coming back at all, says Matthew S. I don't think he's coming back this series. And he said, sorry, that's a BS excuse for Florida talking about the head coach being the issue. Um, it would be one of the biggest choke jobs in NFL playoff history. It would be, I want to think it'd be the biggest. It'd be up there. I mean, you remember when Tampa got swept by, uh, by Columbus. Columbus, I was like, holy shit. They had the best winning percentage in all of, in the history of hockey. By a mile. And they got swept by Columbus. And the next year they come back, play Columbus again, had the big double overtime win in game two. I don't even, game two or game one. And the rest is history. Tampa will three Pete says Chris S. Yeah, Colorado goalie Kemper was injured today. Uh, Joseph C said Roboski has been really shaky in the series. Weird because everybody expected the Washington goalie situation to be a real weakness. We did too. But it looks like Sam Sonoff was hot at the right time. I mean, we've watched Sam Sonoff. I was like, oof. Think about think about the 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 colossal mess ups he had handling the puck behind the net, spinning around, doing three sixties. And I mean, the guy just looked completely out of sorts every time we played him. And in the regular season, now he's you know looking really solid as a netminder. He was really good today. About finding the hot goalie for certain it is. Joel said, Yeah, Brawski has been shit since he signed that big contract with Florida. I mean, this year in the regular season, I'd argue early on he was having a really good year and then kind of started to falter at the end. That's why they play 82 games most seasons. Yeah. Joseph C said the Rangers are tied out to be now 4 1. No excuse. Not going to beat Domingue. Um, but uh, I worry about all the energy it took to come back down from three goals. That was so, again, that was obviously earlier, and that makes sense. Um, Drew L says uh, the the Panthers also have too many offensive defensemen, not enough defensive defensemen. That's their problem. It's not all on Brabowski, but he's been an issue there. And I could see them adding a defensive defenseman type. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Jeremy Ford says here uh, Tampa will beat Carolina in five, two to one, two to one, two to three, six to four, two nothing. Good evening, fellas, and happy Saturday night. Hope you guys I, have a great show. I think he was talking about oh, last, year Tampa, Sorry. last year when Tampa Bay beat Carolina. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I uh, appreciate that, Jeremy. And then Matthew C. said, unbelievable, so annoyed when when Pittsburgh allowed those three unanswered goals. Uh, Brett W. said, Barkoff and Huberto are in their prime, but have never learned how to win. Losing Quinville definitely hurts. Um, he has a one when it matters. Right. He, he has won when it matters. Exactly. Frank K saying here, Islanders better hope that the Rangers don't get to the finals or even win it 
uh, win it this year and next year because if you think about it, losing 35% of season ticket holders is bad now, then it would be even worse if the Rangers went all the way. I tend to believe a lot of people lost faith in the two geezers, Lou and Barry Trotz, while they're down 35% of the season ticket holders. Well, it's early yet, right? So we it really don't, we don't know. But um, here's the thing. If you're not winning, you have to be fun to watch. We're not fun to watch. People don't want to pay to go and watch you lose a game three to one every end, just be a slog every game, grind it out. People don't want to see that. They can they can do that if you're winning. But if you're losing and playing like that, it's like no freaking way. I got other things to waste my money on. Mm. Uh, the worst lead in hockey, a three-goal lead. What a film saying, I'm Canadian. I hate the Leafs, but this country will be rocking if the Leafs win a cup. I was about to say, if any Canadian team wins a cup, I think all of Canada will rejoice. I wouldn't mind Calgary winning. Jesus, back on the Calgary chain. Fair enough. I'm just saying I would not mind Calgary winning. I wouldn't either, but I don't think they're going to. Um, Paulo C said, uh, Pittsburgh and Washington were first round exits the last three years for a reason because goaltending. But, you know, having said that, Pittsburgh, give team they give teams so much time to shoot. Their defensive game sucks. True. Um, Nick M says, Josh Bailey for Sam Reinhart. Hey, I'd be down for that. Yeah, the only team that wouldn't be would be Florida. Florida, I think, could be convinced. Uh, Drew L said, I think I saw uh, a stat that a team who has won the President's Trophy within the last two decades have only made it out of the first round five or six times. Wow. Yeah, it used to be called the, the Sports Illustrated curse. As soon as you went on the cover of Sports Illustrated, something bad happened to you the next week, or the Madden curse. Right? The Madden curse, that's that's a verifiable fact. I went a little bit further back because the Madden curse was a play on the Sports Illustrated curse. Was it really? Yes. Huh. Yes. I just uh, said what the Sports Illustrated curse was. The Madden curse has been around for 20 years. Sports Illustrated has been around since 1954. I didn't know when the curse or the you know the vernacular of the Sports Illustrated curse came about. Grant. 1970s. Before Madden. So the 1970s. Okay. Before Madden. Okay. Here's the thing. It's almost verifiable. Every single player who was on Madden or has been on Madden has suffered and struggled the next year after Grump. Okay. It's based on the Sports Illustrated curse that people used to talk about it all the time when, you know, actual physical magazines were something important that, you know, smart people like to have. Uh, you know, you would go on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine, and then within the next week or two, you'd have something bad would go happen. Not that you would die or something, but your play would fall off or you'd get injured or your team would lose or something like that in the playoffs. I wonder how many weeks in a row it was. Or maybe a lot. Was Every bullshit. week. Bullshit. That's what I'm telling you. It's bullshit. The Madden curse is uh, much more strong and true than the freaking Sports Illustrated curse. Next. I haven't even heard of the Sports Illustrated curse. doesn't exist. I know you haven't. You didn't even hear a psycho. Christmas, I know a psycho. Uh, Christmas said, "Who wins, Blues or Wild?" I think it goes seven games, uh, and the winner could go far. I am surprised with which the ease that Minnesota has won the last two games. I thought that game is going to, I thought that series was going to go seven, um, but I'm surprised at how they just really manhandled the Blues the last two games. I go Minnesota winning. 
I'm going with Minnesota Based too. Based how they played, right? It's easy when we're looking at it like, oh, three games in a series? Yeah, Minnesota. I think Minnesota, though. Uh, Christmas said, yeah, Rangers played a great second period. Ariel C says here, um, as talented as Florida is, they're by no means a playoff team. It's quite pathetic to watch. Yeah, they're not good enough defensively. They can bury you offensively, but if you can withstand the onslaught and get a couple opportunities the other way. Like I said today, uh, I mean – that's a game they probably should have won, but I mean Washington, they did the job right. Brett W said, "No, TJ, you're wrong. Yeah, they, uh, Florida did have a first round exit against Tampa last year too. Thanks for that, Brett." Um, Jeremy Ford here says, "Florida's issue is they have 12 percent of their salary tied up in a player who doesn't elevate his game in the playoffs. He's 33 years old with four more years left on his contract. Who that am sounds, I?" That sounds familiar, doesn't it? His name is Brabowski, Grumpy. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, his name was Anders Lee. Oh, yes. The Capitals could pull an upset. I'd be shocked going into the series if the Again, Capitals beat the Florida Panthers. Florida has never, you know, they have not been a good playoff team. They haven't even been in the playoffs, you know, for how many years? I know they were in it last year, but when was the last time they were in the playoffs? They've been terrible for years and years. It It's like a an evolution. It takes time before you know how to do that. Ovechkin comes back, and all of a sudden, Washington knows how to score again and play hard. I will tell you this. I said this before. If Washington gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs, I think Peter Laviolette's gone. So if they win, or it's if different. they... That's correct. I think this playoff has a huge barometer on his future with the Washington Capitals. They would be back-to-back years getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs. When you look at the room and you say Backstrom's not getting any younger, Ovechkin's not getting any younger, John Carlson's not getting younger, they will, I believe they'll fire the coach if they get bounced in the first round. I really I do believe that. If Florida loses in the first round, Andrew Burnett's gone. I could see that too. Most they teams don't just say, oh, gotcha. We had high expectations. We didn't we we had expectations of cup or bust and we didn't make the playoffs. Let's sit still. That's not what most teams do in the league. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it just doesn't happen. The fact that he's an interim coach and has not been given the full-time job, that's why he's gone. I think he's gone unless they win the cup. Let me put it to you that way. Holy shit. So if they let's say they win two or let's say they get the Eastern Conference Finals, you think they're gonna explore elsewhere? I just don't think he's that good a coach. I don't think they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals with the way they've played so far. They could bounce back and you know have a wake-up moment, an aha moment, but unlikely is the way I look at it. Uh, okay. What? Nothing. I'm just thinking about how all these proclamations you made on series that were 1-1. Uh, you know, Calgary's done. Your prediction's taken on water because your team lost one game. I didn't say Calgary's done. I just said you were thinking that, and you still do think that Calgary's winning in the five. I just said I can see that being a game that goes six or seven games. I don't think it's going seven. Well, we'll not go seven. Probably five, maybe six. I hope you're wrong. I'm going to have a shit-eating grin on my face. That's fine. Um, Tampa will win the cup, Grumpy, says Chris. Um, Yeah, Calgary will win that series. I feel that Florida could use a Scott Mayfield. Yep, they certainly could. Another Grumpy. See, to me, that's a deal I thought they should have made. They should have pressed the Islanders and given up whatever to get somebody like that on their back end. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, we got a few comments, Grumpy, so we're going to roll through them here. Jeremy F. saying another issue for Florida is they have just one second-round pick in 2023 for the next two year, next three years. I'm sorry. Yep, the benefit for them is that they have all their really good young players are playing on the team right now. Um, yep, and no way grumpy six ma- or no way oh no way TJ six max talking about um talking about Calgary. the uh, 
Calgary game. Um, hey guys, uh, how are you? Boy, Rui Dominguez is total garbage. Domingue. 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 Uh, a Domingue, however you pronounce his name. Um, AHL backup goalie. Sorry. Uh, Jeremy Ford says here, I was thinking the same thing, Drew. Um, not sure who or what we'd receive in return for a guy like Scott Mayfield. Um, Nick D saying Elliot Freeman said that the Sharks could trade Eric Carlson. Ooh, no interest. That is intriguing to me. Why? You dump some contract of forwards going back to them. They want to get out from underneath this contract. They want to get out from underneath this contract. That would work for me. Absolutely, that would work for me. I'd yep. love that. Zero interest. Zero, zero, zero. He has $11.5 million cap hit for the next the next five years, he's got eleven and a half, eleven and a half million dollar cap it for the next five years. He's so, thirty-one years old and has never been the same. You would be adding a freaking Anders Lee two point towards the tail end, and Andrew Ladd two point Do not ever, unless they're willing to eat half the cap hit, and you send cap back the other way. Not interested. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'd want. Why would they eat half the cap hit? They wouldn't do something like that. Why would they? Okay, if they're desperate and they're up against the cap, they need to. They have so many of those type guys. So, so what you think they're going to do is they're going to eat five point seven five million dollars of a cap hit for the next five years for a player who wouldn't play for them? No freaking way. They're not going to do that. They think the name and the performance in the past of Eric Carlson. You know, maybe they could get him a little something if they I trade. Just, I just think that's intriguing, and I would definitely kick the tires on it. That's all I'm saying. I just don't miss anything out of hand like you seem to do. Oh, no way. I'm, I'm willing to kick the tires on anybody to see if they can make something work. If you're not willing to retain substantial cap hit, I'm not interested. Well, so it's, it's, a, it's a call like this. Hey, are you willing to retain a certain amount of cap hit, whatever we determine on? If they say no, I say, if you ever are, you have my number. Boop. Simple as that. Yeah. I talk like I said. I kick the tires. Let's say let's say they they agree to take four million a year in cap. I think absolutely I would kick the tires on that. Maybe trade them a Bailey and a Bavillier, two younger guys. I would absolutely try something like that. It frees up spaces on your forward group and it solidifies your back end. He's exactly the type of puck mover I'm talking about. You would that be fine having Eric Carlson for, until he's 36 years old and a seven and a half million dollar contract. I think. Year. Here's the thing. He's better than Nicoletti. A lot better. Nicoletti's also a hell of a lot cheaper. Okay. I'm just I don't want Nicoletti, period. It's been there. Done I, don't, I don't either. I'm just saying, right? It's gonna have to they'd have to withhold a substantial amount, right? If you're saying six and a half million, if you she you say, hey, meet us in the middle, give it, you know, take five million off. I, I, you know, it's different, right? Six and a half I can make work over the next five years. I'm just saying Eric Carlson has really struggled. With San Jose since that injury, he's never been the player of the same. He's always been a defensive liability. I'm not all in on the Eric Carlson train. I've always been very critical and harsh of him. So I know you and I not. see him differently. I think he's a guy who just provides offense and is miserable on the defensive side of the zone. You want to see Sebastian Ajo maybe worse defensively? Look at Eric Carlson. How many game? How much did Carlson play for them this year? Pull that up for you, Grump. If you if you talk about the I mean, point. I don't I don't know if, I don't know if he was injured or not. You want to talk about the point you want to make, and I'll give you how many games he played. Yeah, my point is I don't know how much he played for them this 50, year. Fifty games. Fifty games had thirty five points minus fourteen. He's been a guy yeah. who's been injured year absolutely, after year. Absolutely, he's year. a guy I'd kick the tires on. Absolutely, I would. 
Absolutely. So you want you want to kick the tires on a guy yep. who makes eleven and a half million if they retain cap, a guy who's thirty one years old who has been injury prone the last three years of his career, and in your situation would still go ahead and cost you at least seven and a half million dollars a year. No freaking interest, none. This is again. This is a team that's going to go all in this year, right? One more kick at the can. Wouldn't you want the best possible player you could get out there? He let the best defenseman. He's a miserable defenseman. He's hideous, hideous on his own end, hideous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely kicking the tires on him if that's true. But here's the thing: it has to be something that works for us. Now, the big question is: Do you think Lou would not get fleeced on a trade for Eric Carlson? That's a whole nother question. After years of bad performance, for, you talk about oh, Jacob Chikrin had a bad year. Eric Carlson's had three or four bad years in a row based off of what his production was in Ottawa and what his rep was in Ottawa, right? You go from a guy who, oh, yeah, I'm winning, you know, I'm winning Norris trophies to where I'm not even in the voting, right? Last last two years, he wasn't in the voting, and he won't be in the voting this year, right? Ever since joining San Jose, he's been 15th. That, that was his peak, 15th in the Norris, and that was based off a of prior rep. His career is in the past. He is finished from what he used to be. He's a, he's guy a shell. Him. He's a guy I kick the tires on. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus Christ. It may be time we got to look for another host. I think Lou Lamarillo has, has decided. You just, you just dismiss everything out of hand. Anytime I say something, no, no not happening. You could never be a general manager because you would, you'd never make any trades. You know who you'd be? You'd be Garth Snow. Oh, my That's God. That's who you'd be. Make two trades in 10, 15 years. That's who you'd be. They'd have to retain bare minimum $5 million a year. I'm talking about, dude, the guy's injury prone. He's an injury-prone old defenseman who's been a shell after he had well, the What does that mean? You don't Achilles. have to give up much to get him. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to give up much to get him. Isn't that what you want so you have other chips to make improvements? Or do you just want to dump everybody after a left-shot defenseman who certainly isn't going to be as good as Eric Carlson? How many left-handed defensemen, uh, if you average them out over the course of the year, get 55, 60 points? Not too many. Let me ask you, okay, Eric Carlson plays everything. Eric Carlson plays the power play, the quarterback, power play, power play guy, plays every single top line minute. The guy still plays an immense amount of minutes. He won't be playing that many minutes for our defense. He still plays, even though he's a shell of himself, he plays 23 and a half minutes a night. He ain't playing 23 and a half minutes a night for us. Under our plan, that's exactly what we want. Somebody who could eat 23 minutes a night. Have your top two pairs eat 23, and then your bottom pair eats 15. That's exactly what we want. <sighs> I would. I'm. I'm all in for that. Matter of fact, that's my number one target now. How about that? <laughs> we're living in the freaking upside down. We're living. Yeah. In, we're, living we're living in the freaking upside down. Make that trade, not TJ. No, no way. No, no, no. Because you don't like the guy. That's a, that's a, that's the reason why it's no. You don't like him. If okay. it was Kenny Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh, sure, bring him in. We Let me ask this. Does does the age right? You're always a guy. We don't need to get older. We need to get younger. And now all of a sudden, you want to bring in an older defenseman who's injured. Not not even just old. Who's injury prone? Injury prone. Injury prone. Old defenseman. Grumpy says, "Sign me up. Sign me right the hell up." Are you kidding me? I think they're laughable. That's laughable. I think they have terrible trainers out there in San Jose. I think the trainers the New York Islanders have are top notch, and he play a full year. How about that? This guy hasn't played more than he hasn't played 60 or more games in the last four freaking years. Okay. So, but you know, two of them were the, the uh, shortened seasons too. So, just like. So, okay. Let's even say we throw those out. 
So, okay, we're not going to we're not going to look at those. So, at least two out of the last four years, he's had an injury that's caused him to miss twenty plus games. You mean like Pulak did this year, and like Mayfield did this year? You mean like that? Mayfield didn't miss twenty games. How many and games Pulak, did he miss? Pulak, Pulak did. Pulak's had one year. Pulak's also not thirty-one years old. I'm just saying this guy plays. He, I, I, I'm all in for that. I'm all in for that. The more I think about it, the more I love it. I love it. That solidifies our back. Mayfield played sixty-one games, so he didn't miss twenty games, or he missed twenty-one games. Twenty-one games. How many Pulak missed this year? Pulak missed at least. He missed at least twenty. But Pulak's only been hurt once in, a, in his entire career. He's oh, only well, now he's getting that age. Just like he's probably going to be injury prone every year, right? When you're talking about the, the rule of averages and the law of numbers, when you get two or three or four years and it happens a row in a row, a little different than a one-year thing. That I, I okay, I'm all in for that. You're not. I'll, I, well, that's fine. We just agree to disagree. No problem there. I mean, what I'd love to for us to get him. That solidifies our back end. Bam. Maybe you get rid of some of the trash that you have because they're going to have to make sacrifices to get them off their cap. So they take some money on, even if it's $4 million a year, fine, no problem. They Maybe they take on a Bailey, they take on a Bavillier. There's more money. Let's go all in for another forward. Or two. I would be so disappointed. I, I would, I would be love so that. Disappointed. It would show me they'd have to actually have some balls to think outside of the box for a change instead of bringing back a Nick Letty. I absolutely don't want that. I'm saying they should bring back Nick Letty. I'm just, I'm just saying, saying that would be, if we're talking about worst-case scenarios, that would be there. You want to talk about the fall from grace being hard and fast? Holy shit. Eric Carlson. Oh. Well, Eric Carlson would make us a better team. Period. You're delusional if you don't think he'd make us he a better team. doesn't make us better defensively. He'd be a perfect match with Ryan Pulak. Hold on. Here's a question. Fans in the comments. Would you rather have Zidane Ochara defensively or Eric Carlson? Eric obviously, Carlson. We, obviously, we know who we'd rather have offensively. We'd rather have Eric Carlson. You would rather take Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. Yes. No way. No freaking way. I'd rather take Big Z on oh, defense. You're, you're on the, in the defensive you're zone. insane. You're insane. You're absolutely insane. Maybe you haven't in. watched any San Jose games. The guy's a fucking liability. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm sorry, people. I have to get off this podcast. I have to call TJ's local mental hospital and have them come pick him up, knock on the door, take him, get put the white jacket on him, take him away. You'd rather have Zidane Chara at 45 years old than Eric Carlson. No, 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 no. This is Anders League Conversation 2.0. I said, who would you rather have defensively, Grump? I just said on the offensive Eric side of the puck, Carlson. I'd rather have Eric Carlson. Eric in Carlson. our own zone, I'd rather have Zidane Chara. Because he at least moves guys out in front of the net. He's more physical. He'll fight. Again, he does different things in a defensive end of the zone that Eric Carlson does not do. Simple as that. You're wrong. That's fine. Like I said, we'll just agree to disagree. You I need to see what Zidane Chara than Eric Carlson. Thanks. No, no. You're doing this shit again. You're doing this shit again. Does Who anyone would rather have Eric Carlson be better to have than Zidane Chara? Overall, offensively. Eric Carlson is miles ahead of Zidane Charles. I'm not arguing that. I said in the defensive side of the in the defensive side, our defensive side of the zone, I'd rather have a guy like Charles than 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 Carlson in our own defensive zone. Okay. What's so complex to understand about? I'm going to pose a question about? to you, so you can't weasel out of it like you like to. Who would you rather have as an overall total defenseman, Eric Carlson or Zidane Chara? Is cap included? Everything is included. I'd rather have Char on a one-year okay, deal. Okay, so you'd rather have Char yeah. than Carlson. 
not me. On, on, dude, he's got eleven and a half million dollars a cap. He absorbs for the next five count of fucking five years. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't move the needle for me. Once if again, we're just saying we're looking at it in a one year window, Jose, the cap doesn't matter. Hey, the the game here, the cap doesn't matter. Then I'd say yeah, sure, Carlson. But in San our defense, well, I'd rather have Cara. If San Jose is eating four million dollars a year in cap, he's only seven and a half. Burr. Not interested. You're still not interested. See, that's where you and I differ. I want the team to get better. I don't want the Zdeno Char is coming back because I'm too you afraid think. to take a chance. This you is the same reason why we didn't get Tarasenko last year. Too afraid different. to go after different. a guy with a shoulder I was, I was all in on Tarasenko. It's different. Here's the thing. Tarasenko you don't like Carlson. Not, There's the difference. You don't like no, Carlson. No. You, are, you have always taken the approach of we need to get younger. We need to do this. We need to do that. In this scenario, I would rather tie if we if we had to bring back a 30-plus-year-old defenseman and one who's in his 40s, I'd rather take a guy on a one-year idea than taking another guy that I have to keep on my team for the next five years. Oh. Because guess what? Eric Carlson's not getting better with freaking age, dude. You know that. Let me know in the comments who you'd rather have in the defensive side of our zone. Oh, no, no, Eric no. Carlson who would you rather have as a defenseman? Who makes the Islanders better next year? Because next year is all in. After that, it's a full blow-up. So, yes or no, do you want the better player? I, Of course, what I want to do is blow everything up now, get rid of all the old pieces of shit. But if you can't do that, if you're actually trying to win, you need a guy like Carlson, that type of defenseman. So this way your back, your, uh, your back end is totally solidified. That's what you want. My nightmare scenario is we trade for a guy like Carlson. They don't eat much cap. They eat a very small portion. Maybe they eat two million a cap for us to get him down to nine and a half. And well, we give up we give up way too much for him because that is Lou Lamarillo's special. Get fleece in every trade possible. That's the one caveat, right? Do you think Lou is capable of making that trade without getting fleeced? No, he's not. Um Toronto did did come to play, but I think Tampa will force it to seven games, and I trust their goaltending better than Toronto's. Absolutely. How are you guys doing tonight, says Nick D. What's up, Nick? How about them Panthers? That's right, Alexander. They're doing well. The Kings might win just one more game. Yeah, I think Maybe. so. I don't think they're winning a lot more. I think Edmonton's in the driver's seat. Paulo C. said, TJ, Florida did play Tampa in the first round. Yep, they got beat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um but uh, they finished second in their division. We're just talking about Carolina having home ice, and they finished second in their division, just one point behind Carolina for um, for a first. And their expectation for the cup at, was it for the cup at that point, Grumpy, when they were last year in the playoffs. They finished one point. They finished one point behind Carolina. They were second in the division. I think that people were really stunned that Florida and Carolina performed that well last year. Nick D said, I'd love to see the Battle of Alberta in the second round. That brings oh, me back man. to the late 80s and early 90s. The playoffs. That was the one team that the old great Edmonton teams could not beat Calgary. But something would always happen where Calgary would get knocked off. They would never meet. Um, but Edmonton, uh, Calgary always gave the old Edmonton teams a hell of a lot of trouble. Jeremy Ford says here, it's a lot less stressful watching the playoffs with the Islanders out. For certain it is. And um, to make it uh, to make me sick uh, watching the t watch Tampa play, I'm rooting for the Leafs in, in that one. The Leafs and the Avalanche finals would be dynamite. I bet Jeremy is one of the only people who is rooting for the Maple Leafs. Rooting for John Tavares, yeah. Uh, twenty. What? What? I don't know what I said, but I got a lot of 2013 comments. There was a shortened season. Um, we've beaten them the last two series. Talking about oh it's been Pittsburgh Pittsburgh okay um, sorry guys 
But uh, let's go lightning in the first round. It's Canada Day when Toronto Maple Laughs are getting knocked out in the first round. Uh, Scott L saying here, don't hate uh, any other team besides the Rangers. I can respect any NHL fan base in the NHL, but not the Rangers. Or the Flyers. Sorry. Mm. Amen. Nick. The traitor is on the Maple Leafs. Um, and then uh, Matthew S. saying Tampa and Toronto. I hate them both as well. I don't hate I, Tampa very much. I don't I hate like Tampa Toronto. either. I don't hate Tampa. I respect them because they're good. Uh, Christmas said, TJ, you don't live in New York. The correct answer is the Rangers. Talking about who they hit more. Dude, I, I just fucking, I hate Malkin. I hate Crosby. I hate that they've gotten preferential treatment for the last decade and a half by the league. And they're looked at as the golden boys for years and years. I just hate that they get that. And maybe that's why I dislike them so much as of late. I feel like they've always gotten preferential treatment because of Crosby and Malkin. So, that, that's just my opinion on it. I think the 94 Rangers Cup what run was rigged. We'll have to go ahead and ask your friend Mike about that, Grumpy, right? Is his name Mike? Mike Hartman, yes. Mike Hartman. We're going to have to ask Mike about whether that was rigged or not. He does not, think, he does not think it's rigged. Hold on. Why did they think it was rigged? Hold on. Have you asked him before if he thought it was rigged? No. He, he doesn't think it was rigged. He was with the Rangers. There's no way. It wasn't rigged. Policy said Florida reminds me of when Tampa lost to Columbus uh, in four straight games in 2019. So I don't think they're ready for the cup yet. I agree. I agree. Um, as long as uh, Dominga is goalie, the Penguins are done. I agree with that. Toronto is a guy I would love to have here with the Islanders. Um, Frank Vetrano is a good player. He fits what we do. He's not a difference maker, though. And he certainly would not be playing that style of hockey on our team for certain ddt said the rangers are the youngest team in the playoffs yeah watch out we said it two years ago who would roster would you rather have islanders or rangers i think whoever wins this series loses to tampa in the finals uh florida's defense of ekblad uh monto um uh you got uyghur uh what grumpy you're shaking your head forsling uyghur forsling gudas and uh sharat they're not able to shut yeah i agree that, you can read the rest of it. Are unable to shut teams down because people just listen to this. Are unable to shut teams down in the on the regular season, let alone the playoffs. Add in Brabowski, it just isn't happening. I agree. You guys think that Sullivan is the one? Is one. I don't remember what we were talking about. I don't know. Time ago. Oh, guys who may be on the hot seat if they lose the if they lose in the first round. Actually, I heard that. He is on the hot seat if they potentially lose. Yep, I could imagine that. Yeah. Uh, Christmas said, come on, TJ, relax. There's no point to relax. Do you guys ever think that that Sullivan is a top two head coach in the NHL? Top five. Fair enough. Um, I, like, I like Mike Sullivan. I think he's a good coach. Drew L says, it was worse when Keith Yandel was on that defense too, Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh. Was, he was Matthew S. says, does, uh, does a lot with so many guys over the last few years, and the officiating has helped Toronto for certain. Jeremy Ford saying, if Nashville is dumped in four games, does that weaken their chances of keeping Philip Forsberg? I heard he loves it there. And you heard Matt Duchesne saying this is the tightest group he's ever seen. That means a lot. I mean, he's been a career. That's his whole career is there. They would have had a deal signed if they could agree to the money. It's not like he wants to leave. He doesn't want to, and they don't want him to leave. They just want him at a cheaper price. What would that do for Islander fans? Oh, Phil Forsberg signs before free agency. Bah! 
Dude, if he signed before free agency, oh my God. You want to see panic and you want to see you want <laughs> panic would break break crazy in Islanders fandom. It would go nuts and wild. I kind of oof. I almost want to see if something like that were to happen, what it would be like. I want to live vicariously and through that in like a multiple and a multiverse grumpy like the Mr. Strange movie or Doctor Strange movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, ideally you want him to sign and maybe he takes a cheap deal here with us or a cheaper deal. Maybe the market's not great for a guy who's who's a, having a career year and in, in a in a contract year. But he's going to get paid hand and fist. And if we want him, we're going to have to overpay the hell out of for him. But yeah. It's what's going to be needed if we need to improve the the right now team. At least he can play offense in multiple different systems. Yep. Chris Smith says here, I've never heard anyone say that Nelson was a better center than Barzal. I've seen a lot of people saying that. And what I mean a lot, right, it went from that stupid, it's laughable, to now you have maybe about 10 or 15% of the fan base who honestly believes that. What does Phil's facts think on that? I think he thinks that Brock Nelson had a better year this year, but I, I would say that he doesn't think that Nelson's the better center. But I know guys like D-Cut believes he's the better center, and there's a lot of guys out there that believe that Brock Nelson's a better center than Matt Barzal. I, no. I thought originally it was joke. I thought originally it was just people trolling, but I, I actually think there's more validity behind it based off of how long they've they've stuck with the position. Yeah, no. Jeremy Jeremy Ford saying, uh, I'd love to move Nelson for a real solid number two left defenseman and move Pajot for a second center and have Ratu there as a third-line center. Move on from Bailey and Varlamov and use the cast space to go after Forsberg to play with Barzal. Okay, Nelson's worth more than a solid number two left-shot defenseman. He, he just is. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but he's certainly worth more than a second-pairing defenseman. Christmas said, I grew with him scoring 37 goals this year, but he is better than you give him credit for. I think he's good, but I know Grumpy doesn't like him very much. Agreed, agreed, TJ. I don't know what we're agreeing about. Sorry, this is uh, these were comments from a while ago. Jarrell said, Brock Nelson is probably worth at least a minimum of first and a second round pick, thinking of trade value pick, you know, because of the aging core. That's what I that's what I would do. If I'm if I'm moving him, it means it means you're in rebuild, right? Honestly, that's probably what the team should have done with Anders Lee when he scored the 40 goals. Sell him high. Yep, I agree, Drew. Yep. And Forsberg, wow. Um, Drew L said here, Rangers low-key should do that with Chris Kreider. They could get a haul for him, trade Chris Kreider coming off a career season. 50-some-odd goals. They can afford to do it. I mean, really. I, would, you, I was about to say, it's not a bad idea. you got young forwards who could step up in the mix, and that gives you draft capital that you can either, number one, use, or you can trade next year. If you, Depending on what type of picks you get, you can use next year at the trade deadline. They, I do need, that in a heartbeat. they need rocks on the back end. That's what they need. I'm not worried about them scoring goals moving forward, but I'll tell you what, they need a couple of studs on the back end playing D. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, he's got a no-move clause. So they're not moving Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider, I wanted to pull that up, does have a no-move clause for the next two seasons. So he's not going anywhere. Um, Grump, with the Islanders' defense, um, is, it, is it plays up to its potential with Sorokin is a cup contender and with a good wing for Barzal. Um, for Washington to be able to prove it to trot, says Brett W., um, he has to put him in this position to be successful. Right. Um, Mario says here, um, or... 
you'll have aged or or he will have to age 10 years before next season starts wallstrom oh gosh uh in order to be a, a top line guy jeremy ford says vince dunn is a, le- a number two left defenseman and um i'd like for the islanders to go for pellick Dobson, Dunn, and Pulak would be competitive top four on defense. His cost would also be less than going after a guy like, at least potentially, going after a guy like Chikrit. <sighs> Adding in Devontae, yes, another one. We another Oh, think Big about one. that. Think about that. Think about that. That defense pair would have been set. Oh, $4.1 million a year for him. Oh. And to keep Letty grumpy. We couldn't afford to get rid of Letty. No, yeah, still the highest life. plus minus in hockey in the last three decades. Devontae's re- recorded this year plus 52. And again, he missed games at the beginning of the season, too, which is also worth adding in. He missed, you know, the first few games recovering from the shoulder. Brett W says here, Oh Lord, please don't bring Nick Letty back at this point. I agree. And he hasn't done good with Detroit. He didn't do good with us towards the tail end, didn't do well in Detroit, and isn't playing well in St. Louis. But and Chris Smith, don't worry. He was a minus 30-something last season or this season. Yeah, he's awful. Um, and Drew L says, you've got Luis Domingue uh, within the first the first period and the third period looking like a prime Jonas Hiller. Mm. Um, Paulo C saying here, Tampa looks mentally tired. In 1982, when the Islanders were going for the third straight cup, uh, they almost lost to Pittsburgh in the first round, losing, th- losing three to one. Um, with five to six minutes left, and they came back to win in overtime. I thought that exact thing yes last night when they lost. Mm-hmm. Will they will they be able to come back? Here's the thing: the difference between the Islanders back then and Tampa this year is Tampa lost a whole lot of good role players. The whole third line got lost, where the Islanders were able to keep everybody. This way, you can kind of you can rally together like that. I don't know if Tampa can do it. Like I said, I'm just surprised that Toronto has looked this good. Even though the officials have certainly helped, Toronto is absolutely looking great out there. They have. Again, that, that's been a big shock to me for certain, as it has been to most uh, NHL fans. Christmas said, I think Palmieri can be great. Thank you. Um, and a no move on Letty, please. I'm not sure how great Palmieri could be. No, I, he's just a ham and egger. Hmm. Mm-mm. He can he can get the expensive expensive ham and like the brown eggs though you know he makes a lot of money so he can go to the honey baked ham store and get himself a nice you know, ham yeah, a nice, right. little, nice little block Fancy of ham. ham he's not buying his ham from you know like the the piggly wiggly or you know the A and P no or the Wallbounds no 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 he's going to honey ham you're right Wallbounds that's a name I haven't heard in a long time grumpy King Cullen I don't even know King Cullen is even in New York anymore. You'll like to hear this. Devon Taves to the first three games of the postseason has four points, two goals and two assists. He's pretty good. Pretty decent. Decent player. Decent player. I think he's about worth two second round picks only. We should go back and offer Colorado for that. See if they'll take that. I agree. Um, Grump, uh, you don't need more Robins. You need more Batman. Exactly. Exactly. And the Rangers are shooting themselves in the foot, said Master Lego Yoda. Ooh, I wonder what they did. Um, I think Paul Mary has shown flashes of greatness, and oh. Paul Mary's no more than a second line, a right winger. I mean, best case scenario, he's a second line guy. Um, I think he's up and down. Yeah, weak goal by Georgiev. Oof. And it was Nemeth with the redirection in. Um, actually, um, there were actually four psychos, Grumpy, 
I didn't think he was in the fourth one, though. I thought he was only in the first three. TJ, you thought that thriller was an Alfred Hitchcock film. Oh, maybe I didn't mean to say thriller. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God, TJ. You've got to watch Psycho. Not the remake. Not the remake. Even though the remake, remake. the remake with Vince Vaughn is a shot-for-shot remake, the first one is the one you got to watch. How long ago was the remake made with Vince Vaughn? I don't know. I assume this wasn't when Vince Vaughn was more of a comedian. I assume because this is more no, serious. I think it was role. like in the late 90s. Oh. Uh, Drew L says Psycho is such a good movie, Grump. It's not scary now, but it you know it still is really entertaining. Well, it's not a slasher flick. It's suspense. Uh, Scott L says, TJ, come out from under the rock. Psycho is one of the best classic horror movies of all time. Yes. Not Tony G says, what happened to Shusterkin? They sat him at the first period. I guess they thought he should have been performing better, and they put in Georgiev. Um, Grumpy, have you ever seen American Psycho? Says yeah, that's a movie that uh, it's a TV show. It American Psycho is a TV show, isn't it? No, that's American Horror Story. Oh yeah, that's right. God damn, just <laughs> shut up because you don't know anything. All right. Oh yeah. Oh, American Psycho. That's the that one was with, with Chris, that was with yeah. Christian Bale. I watched that one recently. I, I we, it's funny. You haven't seen Psycho, but you've watched American Psycho. Okay, that just that tells me all I need to know about you. We got we watched American Psycho because there are a whole bunch of memes on American Psycho, and I, I was like, okay, I might as well check this movie out. We were over at a family's house for Thanksgiving, and they're like, oh yeah, let's let's find a movie. I'm like, I've heard this American Psycho is a good movie, so they went ahead and they bought it on the on Voodoo or something like that where we can watch it. Let me put it like this: it was not what we were expecting to have as a Thanksgiving day uh, Thanksgiving Day movie. <laughs> I, I don't know why anyone of American Psycho it, it kind of fell flat were, on. Were you with your parents or your in-laws? We were within well, not even it was just like extended family. So oh, extended family. So they're just being nice. Oh, okay, sure, TJ. Because if they knew anything about your lack of knowledge doing anything with entertainment, they would have just said, Yeah, whatever, kid. Go sit in the corner. We're gonna put on something we want to watch. We were watching Sunny with the they had some kids there too, so it wasn't it wasn't a great movie for oh, that. So American Psychos for kids too. Okay. The title alone should have told you it's not for kids. You know, you know, it was it was a movie I'll have to watch again. It was not a Thanksgiving Day movie. Why don't you it's watch not- Psycho, the original Psycho from beginning to end? Next Thanksgiving, we'll do that, Grumpy. Put it down in the books. Not Tony Chi says, I like the Psycho remake with Vince Vaughn actually better than the original. No, not me. Movie. Um, the Jeremy Ford said Ovechkin 37, TJ Oshie. That's right. TJ Oshie 36, Nick Backstrom 35, John Carlson 34, 30, 33, uh, Carter 37, Crosby, um, 35, Malkin 36, Latang 35 ages. Are, that's going to be their age next year. Which team will drop off first? The Islanders. I, the funny thing is I was going to say the same exact thing, but, um, I'd say, gosh, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Those all those players are so good, even at advanced age. Capitals drop off first. Yeah, I'm gonna say I was gonna say Capitals too. Look at Brandon Ross and Gensel. I think they've got some young contributors that are still really producing for Pittsburgh. I think Malkin and Latang are unrestricted free agents this offseason. I would assume they probably both sign back with Pittsburgh. Uh I don't know, maybe, but who knows? You know, they might decide, okay, we're not good enough. We have to you know, let's start rebuilding. 
Do you remember when the Islander fans had a, a little a little glimpse of of hope that they thought that Alexander Ovechkin was going to sign back with his good old buddy Barry Trotz and he was going to come join the Islanders? Do you remember that? Was that last offseason or the year before? Yeah, Alexander Ovechkin is going to sign with the Islanders. And Malkin and, and Nick and Latang are going to sign with the Islanders, guys. Tell me Ovechkin wouldn't be a good fit with uh, Barzell, though. Oh, yeah, for certain he would. For certain he would. I tell you one thing, then it would need to be more of a playmaker on the right wing as opposed to, you know, you had the sniper yeah. there. You've got a guy who can create, but you need more of another one of those playmakers. Bailey. Bailey would have been a first line player then. Honestly, Bailey would have actually performed better, yeah. right? How often Ovechkin wants to shoot, right? He's got a guy who doesn't 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 see a shot he wants to take, you know, in, in Josh Bailey. And then you have a guy who never sees a shot he wants to pass up in Ovechkin, so it evens out. You want to know who would have been good in that role? Jordan Everly. Would have been good in that role. I agree with that too. That but, would have been that would have actually been a pretty good line there. Yeah, uh, because you don't want you don't want a, one side of the line that just won't shoot the puck, which is Bailey. Everly will, but he's not afraid to make a pass. Uh, Brett W says, if Nick Letty is at the top of the list, boys, that's a bad list. It's a very bad list. Maybe he's not at the top, but he's one of the top few names, um, which is bad. Oh my goodness! Look at who it is, Grumpy. Look at who it is, Grump. Sal P, the Giga Chad himself. Look Man. at that with his merchandise, Grump. Sal gets a lot of run. Okay, people, listen to me. You want to get TJ to gush over you? Gush over you? <laughs> just get a, a whatever the t a grumpy old man t shirt, a Barrett, whatever. Just, just get a, your profile picture. You wearing your shirt? That's it. He, every single time he's gonna. Yeah, look. Look at Sal P. Grumpy. Where can you find the, the merchandise for the Islanders? In the Network? link in the description below? In the link in the description below on there the merchandise go. store. That's exactly where you can find it. That's right, Grumpy. But I'll tell you one thing. Anybody who's wearing the merchandise, Grump, in their profile picture is going to get a lot of gonna get a lot of run. And look at him. The beard. He's got the Giga Chad vibes going on, Grump. Scott L. saying, Latang might want to go to Montreal. His former agent, Ken Hughes, is now the general manager of Montreal. Would he want to go to Montreal, though? Yeah, I was about to say. I, I just, team I is just. I think know. he wants to compete for a cup. I don't think he's just trying to cash a check. If he was trying to cash a check, sure, why not? But he's trying to win a cup, I think. Um, a need to use the trade market. For That's what I think, too, is trade. That's what Georgiev is trash, as Master Lego Yoda. Um, Apollo C says here, if Pittsburgh beats the Rangers, um, it, it, it's cause of no experience in not they're not physical enough in the playoffs. Talking about the Rangers, they're playing too much run and gun hockey against Pittsburgh, and that's a no no. Agreed. Uh, Sal P said, under no circumstance should Nick Letty be considered. I agree with that. He's done. It's just like you know, we've got so many of our already signed stiffs. We need, you know, we need to bring in a young prospect who can crack it, you know, with depth on a really good team. We need youth, youth, and some more youth, skill and speed. Yeah, that's that's for full rebuild, which I'm all for. I'm all for that. Matthew is saying good night, ragdolls, the nails in the coffin. Uh David D says, boys, hello, and the Islanders win because the rags lost. Um, empty net for the Penguins. Yeah, seven to four. They lost there. The seven to four Penguins won. Make that seven to four. Um, Drew L said the Rangers are literally the Walmart version of the Panthers with better goaltending, and the Wild are the target version of the Panthers. Oh, look at look at Drew with a little analogy game. I like it. Matthew C said, "Wow, down thirty five percent on the season ticket holders." If that's true, and Frank said that too last time. That's that's nuts. Ariel C said the Rangers versus the refs. 
it's always that way when any team plays the Penguins. They find a way, the Rangers. Uh, find a way, Rangers. Rangers. I was about to say, that's why I hate the Penguins, is because they get every fucking call, and they have done that ever since Crosby stepped foot on that uh, that ice surface. And I've hated that they've always received preferential treatment. And you take the clock back when they used to play against the Red Wings, and he'd fake, he'd fake, oh, and he'd just like, be shot out of the Oh, I've been shot. When they have a stick that would clap the ice near him, he'd flop all over the place and get a penalty. I cannot stand the Penguins. I cannot stand Crosby. I can't stand that team. I hate the Penguins more than I hate the Rangers. I do. I really do. Okay. Uh, Brady was the only one that beat the curse, the Madden curse. Bam! Bam! That's right, baby. Well, you're the greatest. That's what happens. Montreal in seven, says Matthew. Drew says, Grump, what game are you going to see? I might actually have a chance to go to the same game. I convinced my parents, LOL. Grumpy. Grumpy's going to try to go to all the games, I guess. I'm gonna, yeah. I actually, uh, the last game is the warden's birthday. So maybe as a present, I'll leave. Maybe. maybe it's, <laughs> I was about to say, that's the best gift you can give her. A time away from you, Grumpy. I don't know what days of the week those are, 14th. 16th and 18th i do not know what days of the week those are so 14th is a saturday oh 16th is a monday and the 18th is a wednesday oh well Well, here's the thing grumpy we could just say that you're out on a scouting assignment if we're missing those those weeks those days that's fine or you're out on a scouting assignment grump we sent grumpy to the field to do some field work um do that Minnesota in seven. You got to let me know early though, so we can make sure we we tell them on this Wednesday which games you're for sure going to. So we can kind of. I'll call up my son and see if he wants to go. Okay, Max P said a very good, a very good evening, gentlemen. A Rangers loss is almost as good as an Islanders win. The Rangers will only go as far as Shesterkin will take them. True. Hey Grump, do you remember when St. John's highly touted player Philippe uh, Lopez was on the cover of Sports Illustrated back in the early '90s? The kid was supposed to be the next big star, and he turned out to be a flop after being on the cover. Yeah, well, that's that's what that's the Sports Illustrated jinx. That's what they called it. Not Tony Cheese is going to come at me over here. He says TJ seems like the kind of guy who asks a girl if he's allowed to kiss her. Uh, Tony Cheese, I the cringe I'm getting just from thinking about that. <laughs> Not Tony Cheese, I'm gonna. Not Tony Cheese. By the way, by the by, on Netflix, I saw that there was a movie called uh, Without a Paddle. Grumpy, you know, without a paddle, they're actually chasing after the the very famous defensive back Cooper in the, in the movie Not a Paddle or Without a Paddle, something like that. I think Seth Rogen's in it. I don't know. Oh, no, not, not Seth Rogen. Who is that guy who's in? He's in Austin Power movies, but he's the guy with the red hair. Who's that? Not Mike Myers, but the other Seth guy. Seth Green. Seth Green. That's yeah. it. Seth Green's in that movie. Yeah, I, his, I had his name, and then you started talking and butchering everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, Matthew C. said, when will Lou speak? Didn't he already do that like three or four weeks ago? He did that at trade deadline. He spoke to Shannon when everybody, after the trade deadline, when everybody was like, what the hell are you doing, Lou? And, you know, he wanted to calm down, you know, Put down the pitchforks and the torches, people. Come buy our season tickets. Don't forget. Don't forget. Brett W. says, I think Florida definitely fires her into head coach if they don't win around. Probably. Um, and can we get Florida to take Matt Martin? He's not going anywhere. I don't think we can afford to lose Matt Martin is probably the thought process Barry Trotz has. He's an invaluable member of this team. Max P. said, once the lease and the Rangers are out, I'm good. 
I would love for Tavares only to get only playoff round win to be with the Islanders. F him. That'd be kind of apropos. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, Drew L says uh, no, nothing on the Bridgeport Islanders come to come on guys. Nothing on the Bridgeport Islanders. Come on guys. Um, yeah, I mean, Hey, they won the first round and they've won their first playoff series. in I think it was almost two decades. It was like 18 or 17 years, whatever it was. So congratulations to the Bridgeport Islanders. But just tells you where we are as an organization if we're cheering for the AHL when we should be cheering for our NHL team. It's kind of sad. Um, no on Carlson. Not the same dominating player he once was. Says He's Scott. not the same player. That's correct. Uh, I wouldn't touch uh, Eric Carlson with a 10-foot pole. I agree. What about, what yeah. about with a 29-and-a-half-foot pole? <laughs> that maybe. Now we're talking, Grump. Uh, Dimitri P said Butch is doing national games on right That's now. right. Yeah. That's right. Butch and Brennan. So that would explain God Almighty. They I did two you. games. So they must. They did two games. They did one today earlier. I'll take Carlson to eat five million a year. That's, I could do that, right? Six. If I'm only paying six and a half, that's different. I could do six and a half. I can make six and a half work. The only thing is, if you ever wanted to move Carlson, you can only the max that could ever be retained on a player is fifty percent of the cap, fifty percent of their cap hit. So if you if let's say things go really badly south and something happens and you need to try to trade him off later and you wanted somebody to eat cap, you can only get to fifty percent. So if let's say they withheld, you know, fifty, you know, five million to six and a half is what like in the forties, you can only retain, you know, whatever gets it to the fifty. You can't retain fifty of an additional cap hit and make Eric Carlson only worth three million dollars. That's not how that works. But hey, if they were to offer him at six and a half million per. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Not at all. Depends on what's going back the other way. I'm willing to have a conversation. Six and a half million per is doable for me. Okay. Um, Drew or, or Brett W says I agree with TJ on this one. Eric Carlson's a lousy defensive, the def- lousy defensively, and is injury prone. Carlson is right-handed, so besides the money, age, and injury, he's not a fit at all. Says Josh. No, I didn't realize he was a right right-handed defenseman. Okay. We don't need we don't need him as a right-handed defenseman, so that does not work. Okay, gotcha. Well, here's you should have checked that before you threw that out there. Let us know if he's a left or right. Uh, shot I didn't even see you said you were interested in him. Here's the other thing: No, Dobson's played his offhand before. If, no, if it's a no, really no, no. right, okay. I don't want guys playing. You said, yeah, I want TJ on this on this on this Carlson. That contract is ridiculous. Uh, TJ, I'd rather have Mark Strite than Zidane Chara. <sighs> uh, two traffic cones with Big Z and Carlson. Either way, they're getting skated around game after game. Okay, fair enough. Um, Nick D said, TJ, sorry, your buddy on this. You're wrong on this one. Carlson all the way. Pajot would like it too because they played together in Ottawa. Well, here's the thing. If he's a right, if he's a righty defenseman, no. No. I don't want Dobson playing on his offside anymore. Look at how good he is when he actually plays where he's supposed to, as opposed to because none of the veterans can play their offside. We make the young guys do it. You let him play on his true where he should be and look at how good he is. Jeremy Ford says, William DeFore with a beautiful goal in last night's game. I hope this kid, along with Bellows, are skating all summer. Surely the Islanders can make this happen for their prospects. Find the best skating coach. I agree with that also. Uh, just to let you know, Kiefer Bellows will be playing in the world championships uh as well as matt barzell bellows for the usa barzell for canada i did see that i did see that for both of them good for them both that's for certain i don't want chara or carlson or green um i don't know 11 and a half million is just ridiculous but imagine the power play that we would have um, yeah uh, yeah we know but here's if he's a right shot defenseman no 
Nick D said, Grump, remember in 86 when the Flamers and the Oilers played, Steve Smith on his birthday scored on his own net. That's right. He sure did. That's right. Steve Smith, defenseman for the Oilers. Sal P said, yes, Carlson has struggled in recent years and the contract does suck, but he does have an elite skill and skating. His skating struggled, I think, a bit since the injury. Um, he can generate offense and would help this anemic offense. If San Jose can eat some cap, I'd give it a shot. You know, we're already solid defensively as a team. Eric Carlson would be a huge upgrade over Char slash Green. Can I just say something that not only is uh, Sal smart with his apparel purchases, he's excellent in his breaking down of Eric Carlson. Not Tony Cheese said, uh, I moved to Boston in 2015, and every year my hatred for the Rangers has waned a bit, and my hatred for the Bruins has grown. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, you're close to him like that. Um, Nick D said, at the same or at the same uh, when Elliot Freeman was talking about Carlson, he also was talking about Brett Burns, too. Why? Because they both make – they have to free up salary. They're going to have to eat some to move now, Brent Burns, I think he plays a left side, though, does he not, TJ? Um, no, Brent Burns also a right defenseman. He's another so, right defenseman. Yeah, okay. the the, ref, the left defenseman they have are Ferraro, uh, Megna, oh, Mark Eduardo Vlasic. My God, he signed to another one of those huge deals. Yeah, they, I mean, I mean see, that's, you have they they did a lot of that dumb shit. We said it for a long time, like this is going to be the bane of their existence, and sure enough, there and there. it is. That's what happens when you sign guys to those long-term deals when they're entering their 30s or at 30 and you have them all those years, that's what happens. They're learning the hard way. Shit, man. San Jose is a team where they're just they're they're they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And you know, oof. Yeah, Mark Eduardo Vlasic has another four years left on his contract of seven million per. Oof. Oof. That's and all he's no spring chicken either. No, he's like in his third he's in his 37, I thought, Grump. I know he's all. I thought he was 35. Whatever. He's old. OAF. He's 35. You're right. 35 years old. Still. Um. Yeah. Matthew S. said, moving Nelson is just dumb. Unless they're giving you a huge return. I'm not moving him. I mean, you could uh, You could always move. Let's say things go catastrophically wrong. You could always move to, a guy like that at the trade deadline. It would have to be as part of a rebuild. If you're looking to compete, you keep them. But if you're looking to rebuild, no problem moving them. If you get, you know, commensurate value, right? Two two ones, a one, a couple of twos, something like that. Yes, because then you're in rebuild. Paulo C saying here, TJ, you can't talk uh, that way about who's better defensively or offensively. I'd rather have Carlson just because he's better offensively, uh, like night and day. But it all depends on what we would pay him. Yeah, but again, he, yeah, he's a right defenseman, so I don't even think it works. You know, unless uh, I wouldn't want to put Carlson on his off offside. I who would you want to put on your offside, Grump? Oh, I was going to say, you know, Scott Mayfield's contracts up after a year. So that's that's your that's your answer. Carlson's going to play. Carlson will play the right defenseman. You could trade away Scott Mayfield, bring in Eric Carlson, bring in a left defenseman. God Almighty! Hey, yeah, look at that. Oh, look at that. That's now we're cooking. Defenseman. Now we're cooking with gas. Nick D said, "I keep saying this, but I like Brock Besser on this team." And Nick D said, "TJ uh, Deming uh, Deming is how it's pronounced. Deming." Okay, I got, it. I got it. Thank you. Um, uh, and Brock Besser, I'm just not sure he's a fit for us. Uh, he's a young guy who fits what I want for the team going forward, though. Um, 
Max P says here, yeah, Toronto, we thought it was a five-game series Maple Leafs. How many times recently have they been up 3-1 to one in the series and failed to advance? They seem a little different, though, this year. They just do. They have all year, actually. Who is who is bonus? I don't know who that is. Apparently, there was a very attractive individual there. Blonde yeah. Smoke Show uh, behind bonus. Um, Max P says here, uh, Bates Motel was a show definitely worth checking out. I, you know what? I think I saw half of the first episode. I know it's it's off the air now. I think it went four or five seasons. And Vera Farmiga is uh, she's like the star of the show. But I never saw it. I don't know why. I just missed the first couple of seasons. I'm like, well, shit, I'm not jumping in now. I forgot to mention this. For our many, many lady and female viewers, have a happy Mother's Day on Sunday. I saw a comment here. Yes. Shooters Pock Hockey said, happy Mother's Day tomorrow, gentlemen. I hope you hang in there, Grumpy. I know it will be a tough one. Thank you so much. Um, but yes, happy Mother's Day to all the, the many, many ladies we have who listen to the show on this podcast. Happy Mother's Day. Thank Not Tony Cheese said, oh, my God, that is gold. American Psycho with extended family and children on Thanksgiving. I'm dying over here. I, I, it's it's mind-boggling. Anyone who knows, who listens to the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show on Thursdays and Sundays, we just embarrass TJ every single week with his lack of knowledge. I, this is a new one. This is, this is a new low for you, TJ, honestly. Just when I think you can't be more embarrassing entertainment-wise, you pull American Psycho as a Thanksgiving Day movie out of the hat. I don't understand. Yes, we do have a show. I know we forgot to mention this at the top, but if you're you're listening here, it's a must-check-out. It's a must-subscribe-to channel. We, it's a podcast. We talk all things sports and just kind of talk whatever. We just shoot the shit. We don't feel like as regimented. We have to talk just Islanders or just hockey. We talk all things sports, MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, soccer, doesn't matter. Anything and everything sports we talk about. So make sure, again, it happens Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you subscribe to that channel when we go live tomorrow 8 p.m. We also do uh, on that show, you know, entertainment, TJ's lack of knowledge there, as well as fan fight segment, which Alexander, who's list is a loyal listener to both shows, provides us with a lot of good fan fights. And we do commentary over the top of that. Actually, the funniest fan fight ever we discussed on last Thursday's show. It's great. That's right. It was more the comments around it. Tony Cheese, not Tony Cheese says, eat it. The turkey, I mean. I think that's a quote from the movie. Brett W. says here, um, Ovechkin seems ageless. He's one of those guys who's you know an all-time great who can play a lot longer age-wise just because of how good he is, how good he is skill-wise. Nick D. says, anybody who's watching the Flames in the Stars game, there's a really good-looking blonde. Oh, Nick D. said the same thing. Okay, you're saying there's a really good-looking blonde behind... Uh, <laughs> I really can have to watch that game now. Bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm perverted. Oh, good gracious. Okay. So that's that's what everybody was saying. She's gonna I, get a lot of run today. You're gonna see more of Rick bonus than you usually do. I predict that. I'm about to say that if that's the case where I'm seeing two different people mentioning the comments, there might be memes made about it. There always are memes where they're like somebody does something crazy behind them or looks, you know, a certain way, they'll make little memes behind them. Um, anyway, Jeff S said, I'm very concerned about Wallstrom not invited to play for Team America, although Bellows was invited. I wouldn't. He didn't play a whole lot down the stretch where Bellows didn't. I thought Bellows looked pretty good down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I, I'm not. I don't put too much into that. Honestly, he needs to work hard this offseason. Need to work on his skating. 
Uh, I think he'll be okay. Barry just needs to give him a legitimate shot and not just – it's just Barry, right? Just Barry. Matthew said, TJ, you need to get off of the Pittsburgh hate. The Rangers are hated more than anyone. The fans have a stupid chant, and most of them don't even know why. Potvin sucks, yeah. Um, and then Atu Ratu and four are at least two years away. Matthew C. said, Ratu is closer, I think. I don't know about that. It depends on who the coach is. Not Tony Chi saying if they're eating five million of Carlson's contract, there's no way they're taking on a Bailey contract. Remember, Bailey's contract's only for two years. Are you giving up on Samuel Bolduke? No. Nope. He's a younger defenseman. He's a bigger defenseman, too. No way. I just like I'm not giving up on Bodie Wild yet. My expectations have changed for what I think they could be. I'm not giving up on those guys. Yeah, no way. Um, Max B said, bring in Brian Strait and Andy Hibbert. I'm sorry, Hilbert. Yeah, my God, Brian Strait. I like Brian Strait. The old Pittsburgh Penguin, Brian Strait. I liked him. Yeah, he wasn't great, but I just I liked him. He gave everything he had. That's when the island was really bad. Max B said, looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. You know what? Do you know I know what movie that's from? That's from a movie. Yeah. What movie that is? What's the movie is that from? Freaking unbelievable. Give me a hint. Um it's a disaster movie, a disaster comedy. Give me another hint. Shit. It's airplane. First, first, okay. I, don't, I don't need to be on it until 4 o'clock in the morning because I got to give you 500 hints. Why don't I spell it out for you, see if you can actually understand the letters to repronounce it. It's airplane. Matthew C. said um, he used to be spoken of a lot. Did Bodie Wilde get vaccinated yet, winky face? I'm no. going to bet no. And I'm going to assume after he sat out or he was played over in Europe the whole year, I don't think his his ideology on vaccination status has changed, but maybe the, the environment probably, has changed as to what they'll be required. He's the only guy who probably didn't get COVID. Uh, the whole team got COVID except for him, and he wasn't vaccinated. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I, I assume hopefully things have changed with that, so they're not going to be as straight. Tyler Bertuzzi, think about it. He sat out every game that that Detroit went to Detroit went to Canada for because he's like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the vaccine. Do it to what you want, right? We've always said that we're vaccinated, but do whatever the hell you want. Simple the as that. The vaccine didn't stop you from catching it; it just makes it where your symptoms aren't as bad, That's and you're a little more prepared for it when you got it. So yeah. I mean, like I, th- I thought it was, you know, okay, fantastic. I- I'll do it if that's the case, right? I, I get kind of the expectation, yeah. But if you don't want to, don't. That's on you. I was about to say, I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing my body. I exercise, eat well. You know, built grumpy old man. We're over here. We're over here taking taking care of things. I like the Eastern New Mexico State and the Eastern New Mexico Greyhounds shirt as well, Grumpy. I didn't even know you're wearing that till right now. Nick D said, uh, "TJ, you don't know uh, Donas." Bonus. Bonus. Rick sorry, bonus. Rick Bonus, He's- coach for from from uh, from Dallas. I should know Rick Bonus. Especially he used to I coach am. the Islanders too. Just to let you know, <sighs> TJ can recommend Boogie Nights. <laughs> you know what, Thanksgiving. Do you know what Boogie Nights is? It's they got the movie Boogie Nights. And it got like a song after it. It's the one with um John Travolta. Boogie Nights. John Travolta's in it, right? That who? John Travolta's in that movie, right? No. No. The fuck god damn. No. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights was a song by Heatwave. Boogie Nights. John Travolta 
was in the movie Saturday Night Fever, which featured a song called Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band. The movie Boogie Nights starred Mark Wahlberg as a porn, an up-and-coming oh, porn God. star and uh, Burt Reynolds as the producer of these movies. By And it was directed by Paul Anderson Thomas. Jeez. I was Heather Graham was in it. She played Roller Girl. Uh, Julia Moore played. I forget who she played. Uh, it was it was good. It was good. And uh, Alfred Molina is also in it. Uh, it was actually a good movie. I liked it. And John C. Riley was uh, Mark Wahlberg's best friend. Mm. Uh, Scott L. said, yep, Bonus was a former head coach there during the Dingleberry years. Frank K. said, how about the amazing match down 7-1 in the ninth? They win an 8-7. Oh, we talked about that on the TJ and a Grumpy Old Man show. We did. We certainly did. That was great. Showed the re- we showed the, the hits too. Man, oh man, let's go, Mets. Um, that was the first. I think the Mets have been 0 99 since 2003 or something, trailing by that much going in ninth, which is understandable, actually. That's a lot of runs down with what it ended up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matthew S said uh, uh, he moved around a few times between head coach and assistant coach. Um, Shirley, or Shirley, you can't be serious. Don't call me Shirley. Shirley, you, Shirley, you can't be serious. I am, and don't, don't call, call me, me sure. Do you know? You want to know what movie that I was from? Airplane, also. I knew that one, yeah. And the actor was Leslie Nielsen, who did that, who did the Naked Gun movies. There's two things I know about Airplane: is they've got that one. Surely, don't call me. You know, I'm serious, and don't call me Shirley. However, that little quote goes, and they're like the person who's freaking out in the plane. They have a line of people who are shaking her. Stop being nervous, and like hitting her and stuff like that. It's a line of people. Those are the only two things I know about that movie. Okay, I just watched the movie. On Turner Classic Movies last night. Matter of fact, I didn't watch it. I DVR'd it, and I forget the name. But it's almost they took this movie, which was a drama back from 1957, and the all the characters are the same. Ted Stryker is the name of the main character. Everything in that movie was used in Airplane, almost the same dialogue as well, but just with a comic uh, with a comic twist which I thought was just fantastic. And I think it was the uh, the Farley brothers who did that. And I cannot wait to watch it because I'm like, I mean, the same, they ate a fish dinner just like on the plane and the, they all get sick. And a guy who had PTSD from being in the military had to steer the plane, you know, to guide the plane down. And the guy who hated him, who was in the army with him, had to help him down. I mean, it was just, I, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh, I have to DVR this to watch it. And I w- plan on watching it this week. Nick D said, you're not the boss on my D. What does that mean? You're not the boss of his D. In other words. Oh, oh is that from the movie? Boogie Nights. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, not Tony Cheese says, I knew Boogie Nights would stump TJ. Rich or Philip Seymour Hoffman was in Boogie Nights also, I think. Yeah, he was a guy who was gay and wanted to uh, wanted to hook up with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, Nick D also said, uh, wasn't PSH played yeah. as the camera guy who's that yep. oh, he was the camera guy. um brett w says here tj uh have you ever seen the inside of a cockpit before have you ever seen the inside of a turkish prison i assume that's from airplane as well yep and they had the same type well not like that but they had the kid come up to the airplane and uh, you know, up to the cockpit and talk with the pirates, pilots. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go back to my seat. And the, you know, I guess the dad or whoever, he was dating some girl. 
He's like, oh, yeah, I'll go back and leave the kid up there with the pilots. Yeah, but whatever. Just a little cringy. But it was funny. I mean, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Grumpy, we're here at the end of the show today. Talked more just NHL, few Islanders action, just funny jokes. But Grump, what do you want to say before we wrap things up today? I want to say I'm going to turn on the Calgary. Uh, um, who the hell Dallas they playing? Game. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Calgary-Dallas game just to look for Rick Bonus. Oh, there it is. You're going to be on the Rick bonus for her. But huh? I do want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the grumpy old man. Thank you, everybody, for tuned into the show. Um, we'll be going live tomorrow on TJ and the grumpy old man. That can be found, again, as a featured page on our YouTube channel or it can be found in the link in the description below. Make sure you give that a check out at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, everybody, for tuned in and listened. Islanders offseason is in full swing. I want to thank you, grumpy old man, for being here, being a part of the show. As always, have a happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Thank you, everybody, and thank you, grumpy. My oh, pleasure. Max P said, have you ever seen a grown man naked? And that was Peter Graves delivering that, who was in the TV show Mission Impossible. It's like, Joey, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but thank you, grump. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow at TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Don't be late. Don't miss it. We'll be on time. Wink. Ding. I wish you could have done a little one of those little noise effects. But thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you guys soon.